last week on Lore Seekers. And we covered this when we when we covered necromancy uh, quite a few lore lessons ago. But the effectiveness and efficacy of a vessel for necromancy for reanimation is directly attributed to the intelligence level of said person departed in life. So if you're trying to reanimate the corpse of a real dumbass, you can expect an even dumber dead reanimated corpse. Word of the day, don't re- don't reanimate cash. Oh my god. Yeah, nutshot. Right to the heart. <laughs> Greetings, travelers. Welcome to the Lore Seekers podcast. Grab an ale and join our two adventurers as they share their tales of misadventure in the land of Tamriel. Here they are at their usual table. Jibs and cash. Ooh, yeah, buddy. <sighs> what a weak guy. Mm. <laughs> Busy. Busy, busy, busy. How you been? How you doing? You doing good? You know me. Yeah? No yeah. bad days, no bad weeks. No bad days, no bad weeks. It's about to get better. Here's the barmaid. What can I get you, uh, boy? You know what? Give me the... I'll take... Mm. I don't. What are you ordering? I'm getting a rye. There's no way that I'm not having a whiskey rye. Whiskey rye. All right, let's make that... Let's, let's make that dose. Let's have two. Two of those. Neat. Neat. Please. Please. Thank you. Coming right Appreciate up. Appreciate that. All right. So, ah, oh, man, busy week. So much going on. Um, how you been? What you been up to? It's been like brain blasting overload mm. this past week mm-hmm. with everything going on. Um, so, it's like, where I don't do know I if start? you know, but the 25th anniversary of Elder Scrolls continued Throughout the week, um, there was a lot of celebration at PAX East and a lot of things to watch, including all the people that were there except for us, mm-hmm. but uh, with, you know, with lives and families and all that stuff, it's just, just would have been too hard to get down there. Um, but it was really nice to watch a lot of those streams and stuff on Twitch and then on YouTube, but um in addition to that, the uh, pre-release, uh, early access of Elder Scrolls Blades yeah. came out this week. Yeah, buddy. Um, yes. Uh, I had a really busy work week again. I'm just working a ton right now, my friends. Real life is like a total nut kick right now. Uh, but it's Shut good. Minutes. I mean, I, I do not complain because um, I'm very thankful to have a job and I work my tail off and... Um, yeah, so there's that. So work happened, uh, family stuff happened, and then the overwhelming freaking urge to play another run-through of Skyrim happened. So, yeah, that's probably going to take place pretty soon. Um, and then a big thing happened. You're this pregnant? Week, and I'm really... <laughs> like Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yeah, buddy, I'm freaking pregnant. <laughs> um no, because my ovaries are shriveled up, guy. Okay. Yeah. Didn't know you had those Jeez. to begin with. Good to know. No, I. that's oh. because I am 43, bro. I have already gone through menopause. 
So there's that. But I really appreciate you letting the people know hmm. about that. Um, <laughs> no, one last thing before I give the floor to you. Hmm. My writer's block is gone. Hallelujah. Dude, it was such a, I'm, ha- I'm like in such a great freaking mood because I had the worst writer's block. Mm-hmm. But our storyline is not today or probably not next week or probably not the week after, but I'm writing. So yeah. our storyline shall continue. And um, this time around, I know Jibs is doing some writing himself. Um, and we're talking fan fiction, friends. Um, the writer's block sucked for a while. I could not get through it, but I've had some really cool. I'll just min- make one quick mention. There was a conversation going on in our Discord about a great book series. And I think it was Shoe Swapper. And I cannot remember who the other guy was because I really want to thank him. Uh, there was a recommendation for a new book and I found it on Audible. The book is called The Sword of Truth. And no, it's not The Sword of a Thousand Truths. I'm like, uh, it is Cartman? called The Sword of Truth. Okay. And I am not kidding Probably you. on Audible. It's really really freaking good and it's a super super long book it's actually the sort of truth is a series the name of the book let me let me rescind the name of the book is wizard's first rule by terry goodkind and i am loving it Mm. and i'm giving it credit for crushing my writer's block it's done so anyway a lot of i'm doing a lot of storyboarding and i'm starting uh the writing for our next storyline and i'm just really 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 freaking excited about it. So. That's awesome. Good. Yeah, that's awesome. your week, dude. Uh, week? Man, uh, a lot of things going on. Uh, to go back to the writing thing, because we'll get to whatever the heck I'm doing in a minute. So we've been, we have not, not been working on the storyline. A lot of you, I, I've seen more messages about that storyline in the past few weeks than I can count, and uh, we haven't forgotten it. We've been a trying to figure out where we want to take it. But we want to do it in a next time around. We want to do it in a way that is better, and so we've made some investments. We've got some uh, new fun sounds for you guys, um, and uh, Cash is like you just heard, getting ready to start his writing on his, and I am writing on my. Are we going to tell him what? Like what? No, no. Okay, don't tell him nothing. We're just going to drop it on you like a bomb. It's like a bomb. It's going to be epic. I'm going to write one as well, except it's probably not going to air at the end of the show. This is going to be a little bit different, a little bit longer of a journey for me, but we'll see. So, that being said, yeah. <sighs> this week, oh gosh. All right, so yeah, I got the Warden to 50 from last week that I started. Got him to 50, doing some PvP. Congrats, congrats. Fun, and then I was realized I was dying a lot, and I always like to look at what I'm dying from every time I... You know, I'm in a battleground, so the first thing it's I, other players. You know, well, thank you very much. I was, yeah. uh, you know, I was looking at what I was dying from, and I saw crystal frags, crystal frags. I saw a dragon. What is it? Dragon leap or whatever that is from Dragon Knight. And uh, they both just started. Man, those thoughts just started hitting me like crazy. Like sorcerer chips, go back to your sorcerer. Go back to chips, the Lord Seeker. And then I have the. And then I made a tune called Fuss Road Duh. He's my uh, gonna be my stam. DK, so I've got him on back order, but I'm sitting there and I'm like, I want to try to make my Sork work in PvP again. So, got him going, got a new set, I made my own build, and I can tell you what. <laughs> Woo. 
It's good. Good stuff. It's good. Yeah, with with all of the uh with all the hoopla going on about the necromancer. Yeah. Um, I would you know, I I gotta be honest. I mean, I, I love the fact the necromancer was coming out. But I didn't know whether or not I wanted to like main a necro because right. I hadn't seen the gameplay or didn't hear any of you know the people who got to play it and right. hadn't heard any reaction yet. I hadn't heard any reaction yet. But with all the stuff that's been coming out of these play tests and the stuff at PAX and then uh, the content creators that got to go to to um, Bethesda and play it, mm-hmm. oh my gosh! Like I'm I'm blown away at how excited I am for that. Yeah, class. Man. Oh, and now I'm like starting gosh. to think through all these scenarios, yeah. and so I'm I'm starting to get that excitement. And we're like forty ish days away. Yeah, man. From from the release of Elsewhere, so it's coming quicker than you think. And with some of the stuff we're going to talk about tonight, with what uh, Zoss has planned, the events they have planned for us, we're it's going to be here faster than you know because we're going to be busy. We're going to be doing stuff. There's going to be an event every single week until that thing pops up. Man. Until uh, Elsewhere launches. Uh, uh, oh, man. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm trying not to talk too much because we're – for everyone li- listening, we've got a ma- – <laughs> we got a – truly do have a huge show. Uh, we're probably going to break it up between Cash and I talking the news. It's It's incredibly large. That's what she said. And um, so, you know, we'll uh, – Not with you in the room. <laughs> Sorry. I feel like I deserved that after the intro. Thought I was on mute. <laughs> I wasn't. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I, I'll hold off to later. We got a lot of talk. But anyway, um, all right, well, let's get started. And ladies and gentlemen, welcome. This is the Lore Seekers Podcast. We're your hosts. I am Jibs, and I'm joined by my good buddy, Cash. I just get a warm feeling in my heart, all the way down to my toes when I insult you. Do you? It's so fun. Yeah, I do. I mean, mm. it's because you know where it oh. comes from. It comes from a place of love mm-hmm. and disdain for everything mm. you do. But <laughs> it's just fun mm-hmm. to do that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So there's that, my yep. friends. Yeah. Yeah. You're still the D. But uh, anyway, this is volume three of the show, episode 18. Almost getting around 20. We may need to think about volume four. That may need to be something we discuss here soon. But uh, anyway. Yeah. It's time. It's time. It's time we move on. Maybe somewhere around elsewhere. Hey, maybe we can do a segment on uh, My Little Pony. My Little Pony. Oh, speaking of, before we get started, for those of you who uh, enjoyed April 1st, well, we sure did over at Lore Seekers, and uh, uh, for the day, we were the Lore Bronies podcast, uh, Mm -hmm. covering the magical world, powerful, the power of friendship. Over at uh, that's my, that's my Little powerful. Pony. You know, first thing, first things first, uh, what was really funny was people thought it was real. They were unfollowing us immediately. Well, um, it's not just the unfollowers. It's not Go unfollowers. Ahead. No, we were also getting liter- literal bronies following us, <laughs> thinking we were a, a My Little Pony podcast. That was the freaking <laughs> truly terrifying part. Like, oh my God, this is real. <laughs> yeah, when that happened, it was just like, all right. This just went from 10 to 11 real quick. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so yeah, that went down. It was fun. We had a good time. And uh, I, my favorite thing, actually, I took a screenshot here. Let me find it. 
real quick live on the show. Um, someone put out this tweet to us. They retweeted it and said, this is so cruel. I literally unfollowed y'all thinking, how the hell did this get on my dash? Well played, sirs. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty damn good. And like, I didn't even know this was going to happen other than Jibs telling me the night before we were talking about, oh my gosh, dude, tomorrow's like April Fool's. Are we going to do anything? And he goes, got it covered. <laughs> and the next morning I woke up to tweet after tweet after tweet. And I just sent him one that said, well played. <laughs> so text, it's so well played. Yeah, I told you, prepare for a lot of pink. Give me a lot of pink. Yeah, it was terrifying. <laughs> uh, but anyway, also a quick note, you know, we, uh, we've said this on the show numerous times and we'll say it time and time again. We believe in giving you good content for free. You don't ever have to subscribe here on Twitch, although we always appreciate it. And you don't have to purchase things from us, from our store, but we just added eight brand new items on our merchandise store. We got elsewhere themed things, uh, themed t-shirts. We got our, some tank tops, Stuga tank tops. We got some Necromancer shirts. It's a good time anyway. You can go to loreseekerspodcast.com and click store at the top. And it's right there. But anyway, all right. So last week on the show, we celebrated Elder Scrolls 25th anniversary. Uh, we covered ESL play, free play event in the Dragon Scale Crown Crate season, the Elsewhere Zone trailer, and we did a lore lesson on the schools of magic. That was a good time. That was a fun one. I like learning about the schools. But um, this week on the show, we're doing... Okay, I'm going to list a full recap of Bethesda's Game Day's live stream focusing around ESO. We got details on ESO's five-year anniversary event, Crown Store Showcase for April, a full list. We're going a full top-to-bottom list of all the abilities with the Necromancer skill line, our impressions of them, and we're doing a lore lesson. This was Witcher Girl's request that she won a lore lesson voucher from uh, our community, and it is on, I'm just now learning of this, it sounds awesome, Witches, Hagravens, and Covens in Elder Scrolls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yep. Oh, fantastic. It's a little early. It's a little early for Halloween-y stuff, but Halloween's year-round around here, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right mm-hmm, up in here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But anyway, you ready? You ready to get going? Hmm? Always, buddy. Let's mm-hmm. do this. Okay, let me grab my stuff. Oh, gosh, that thing gets heavier every single week. But uh, Oh, did I tell you I started a new uh, quick note? So I started a brand new thing, a brand new thing. This is something I need. I meant to talk about earlier. I, through the coaching of you, so I guess you know, this is, I now feel stupid. But anyway, I am now doing keto for the first time. Keto. You are? Yeah. yeah yes, you are. Full disclo- I'm very proud of him. Yes, thank you very much. Full disclosure, mm-hmm. folks, it's awesome. Uh, I, in, within 48 hours, I already lost five pounds. Yeah, I feel healthier than ever, and I you should totally look into it. It's worth it. Anyway, all right. So, news for the week. So, celebrate five years of ESO with our in-game extravaganza event. This coming to us from ESO's official website. So, if you're listening right now on Friday, right now, it's going on. It started yesterday for you. Those of you here on stream, we're not yet. By the way, we're streaming live at twitch.tv slash podcast. So, that's, that's a thing. This ends May 9th at 10 a.m. EST. And if you remember from last year... It's not too different from how you get this thing started. So what you do is you pick up the Jubilee Cake Voucher Quest uh, quest starter from the Crown Store. 
It's free, so you know, don't have to worry about that. And use it to find the renowned Chef Donnellan. <laughs> Complete this quote. He's back. He's a little fatter this year. Not keto. Chef Donnellan is not keto. He is Just saying. Definitely hitting those carbs. More so than I. That's all I'm saying. Uh, complete his quest and gather the ingredients required to bake and then acquire the new Jubilee Cake 2019 Memento. Now, when you place and eat a slice of cake, which, by the way, you can share with your friends, you'll immediately receive a two-hour 100% XP buff and obtain your first two event tickets. Last time I did not get a piece of cake. Somebody took my stapler. <laughs> Anybody? I thought of my name Tyson. that movie. I'm really impressed. But anyway, well, we're watching chat. We're watching. Uh, Did you say cake? Cakes and pies. Cakes and pies. <laughs> <laughs> During each week of the event, Zoss will be highlighting different types of daily quests, and you can participate in those to earn unique rewards. Goodness, what office space! Look at chat filling up. Uh, each time you complete one of the week's daily quests, you'll earn an anniversary Jubilee gift box, which can include rare crafting ingredients, even etheric ciphers. Crafters, look out! I don't. I don't. I don't I'm not a crafter, so what? Forgive my ignorance. But what is an etheric cipher? It's a very rare crafting ingredient. Okay, fantastic. Thank you. Uh, we also got mm-hmm. recipe, <laughs> recipes. And on occasion, uh, you can get an outfit style page for almost any motif in the game, which I believe is over 40 motifs, So, including the worm style cult. Worm cult style. Yeah, the worm cult style. Like the worm cult personality that I still want. Mm-hmm. So if there's anybody out there that wants to run... A decent trials player through a no death speed run vet hard mode in Fang Lair. Just let me know. Send me a message so I can get the worm cult personality. Because every single time I see it, I'm like, number one, I need it, and number two, it is so freaking necro. Yeah, I want I- that personality for my necro so bad. But it's really hard content to get it. So. I'd like to it second that and just follow along the coattails of Cash for said group. So you just let me know. It can only run one crappy player through at a time, bro. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm elite, man. I am in game. I am top tier in game. I need like a PM from Allcast to go, bro. I'll run you through, so you don't have to worry about it. I'll one shot everything. And then you don't have to worry about it. You can get your personality. Okay. That would be sweet. I just want to say this. You have a on point. On point. Uh, all cast. All cast voice. It's so effing broken. <laughs> <laughs> that makes he, hates, he hates me for sure. <laughs> I love that guy. He hates me for sure. He always makes a smile. Oh, perfect. And apparently, according to chat, all cast is Dracula. Thanks. Sweet. I think that's the only, that is like, in between my Khajiit and my all-cast impersonation, that's all I got. I have Dracula from Transylvania. Oh, fantastic. There you so. go. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, each week, you also, there's also a chance that uh, whenever you get these Jubilee gift boxes, uh, it has a chance to grant you a specific new outfit style. Finally, 
On the fifth week, all the previous activities and rewards are up to up for grabs, allowing you to catch up. Okay, so the way they're doing this, this is a five-week-long event, okay? And there's different dailies for every week. That being said, with every week, the first four weeks, you have the opportunity to not only get, you know, the first, what was it, the 40 motifs in the game, but you have a chance to get the companions, which... If you've done the main quest line, you'll know all about that. They're outfit styles as well. So. Nice burp. Yeah, I held it back. Did you hear my voice go all weird on that? It was like, ah. That's the keto. So like, <laughs> pretty sure it's the Jameson, but we'll let that go. All right, so we, <laughs> week one, we got on April 4th, we got uh, the the we, uh, daily for the week is crafting Ritz. Um, that's... Feel like week one's already out for me. So complete daily. There, what, dude? There will be no. Nobody will get anything done during this week because every single character they have will be doing freaking ritz. Yeah. All. That's all I'm gonna do. Yeah. The the gift boxes are awesome. So. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. See, so I'm you not that. Any of the. Go ahead. I'm really not a crafting rip person. Like that's never appealed to me. My crafter is meant for me to make my character look awesome with the outfit styles. So like I feel like I'm going to do these, but man, week one's out for me. That's all there's to it. <laughs> the prizes. I know. The prizes. All right. So anyway, uh, this has an opportunity to drop the profit outfit style, which you know I guess I'm really not missing a whole lot. It's an old ragged, rugged looking man. Yeah, it makes you look like a homeless guy. So <laughs> it's awesome. But you, if the, for collectors, you get it still, you know? But you look like a blind homeless guy. Yeah, so. that, there's that. Um, oh. Switch gift for reading the scroll. Week two, which is April 11th, the daily for Dude, the week. What? The lore. Oh. Check out the big lore on Jibs. I'm yeah. so proud of you. I got the big boy pants on. Love it. Yeah, buddy. All right, so April 11th, uh, the uh, weekly, or the daily for the week, I tongue-tied is delves and world bosses now i'm gonna be all over this this stuff right here yeah i guarantee you lore seekers guild on every platform is going to be all over world boss runs oh yeah for sure oh yeah uh lore seekers you could probably plan for some night there or actually all week just plan on grouping up and going at it complete day of the quest to defeat delves and world bosses to earn the gift boxes that have a chance to also include pages of the lyris titanborn outfit style that's a huge win. <laughs> no, this includes Delve and World Boss dailies from all the game's DLCs and chapters, in addition to the Delve daily offered by the Undaunted. You may go. Break! Yep, thank you. <laughs> Keep it in the circus. You know what I love about that when they're walking down the street? And <laughs> and um, what's the actor's name? I forget. Um, uh, Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider's like his straight face. <laughs> Mm-hmm. He's just like, you know, this place has really gone downhill. We should go somewhere else. <laughs> and he's at her hip level. Hip level. Yep. That'd be uh, which kind of amazing, to be honest with you. But That is pretty amazing. Oh. So week three. Week three. Ever. From April 18th to April 24th, mm-hmm. you complete the daily Alliance War or Battleground dailies, which I know we're going to be a part of because we used to not be. We are all about freaking battlegrounds now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Alliance War. So uh, anything you do in Cyrodiil and any battleground dailies are going to get you gift boxes that have a chance to include 
the Abnerthon outfit style pages. Ugh. Abnerthon is also the sausage king of Chicago. That guy could choke on a chicken leg and I'd be okay with it. Good. So uh, these will include uh, Cyrodiil Town Dailies, any board missions from Cyrodiil, um, any Cyrodiil Dailies, basically, or any Battleground Dailies. Or go. Imperial City Dailies. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be all over that. That's my. That's week three. That's like my life now is Battleground Dailies. I'm all about the Battleground Dailies. But, uh, all right, so week four, April 25th, we got the daily for the week is Dungeons and Trials. In other words, the embodiment of Elder Scrolls Online. <laughs> Pretty much. And it's it's good that they waited until week four because a lot of people are probably dungeoned out after this last um, XP event. Yeah. That we had. So um, yep. it's I think it's good that they kind of wait and switch things up a little bit mm-hmm. um, before we'll be diving back into dungeon after dungeon after dungeon. I agree. I agree. Yeah, these, um, yeah, they can get tiring, but I'm glad they're doing it on week four. Uh, so complete daily quest for any of Tamriel's dungeons and trials to earn gift boxes that have a chance to include the Saisa Han outfit style pages. Oh, my little snow lily. He has a thing for Lyris, doesn't he? Oh, he totally has a freaking thing for Lyris. I mean, like, he swiped what left the- on that. Or is it right? right? He swiped right. It's right. It's the other way around. I really, I don't use that app. <laughs> you can tell we're married, dude. Like, is it left or right? Up, down. Yeah, left for ugly, right for hell yeah. <laughs> Week five, May second through May ninth. Uh, this is ending at ten a.m. Eastern oh. Standard Time. It is the daily of your choice. So this is kind of like you call it poker. Complete any of the daily quests found in all of Tamriel to earn gift boxes that contain any of the above rewards. So it's kind of, you know, a mixed bag of any of the things that you'll get. And But uh, note that if you don't get lucky and get all the pages that you want from your anniversary Jubilee gift boxes, you can also buy the outfit styles for each week from the Impresario. Every time I say her name, I want to say it in Cameron from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Please do. Impresario. Are you going to stop? Are you, you going to keep going? Oh, I thought we were switching off. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Oh, my God. You totally broke lore. Uh, I did. All right. So event tickets. Uh, so that's going on. Uh, by the way, we're keeping this real loose this week. We've got so much to talk about. We're going to take our time. If there's things you want to fast forward through, you can or you can come back. But, you know, we hope you don't because it's a labor of love. But we're just taking our time today. So welcome to the chill cast. This is this week. Uh... Event tickets. So throughout the event, you'll earn two event tickets for the first time you use the Jubilee Cake 2019 each day. This means by the end of the event, you could have earned a total of 76 tickets. I love how they're doing that just by using the uh, memento. Note. That is a freaking crap ton of tickets. It is. You can only hold 12 at a time. So you're like, well, what the heck? Why? You know, I you better I, find some stuff. We're gonna have a whole stable of Indrix by the time we're true. done. Yeah, that's true. Um, but you're like, all right. So what do I? What am I gonna spend this crap on so I can keep getting more tickets? You know, get my full seventy six. Well, here we go. They're adding a huge selection of rewards. So first up, we've got a new Endric berry will be added to the Impresario stock each week, starting with the luminous berries of bloom, then the luminous berries of budding, luminous berries of growth, and. <laughs> Luminous berries of ripeness, and subsequently. oh my, that sounds so X freaking rated. They are, <laughs> there are devs 
that are laughing their butts off because of all this. That is so phallic. The new luminous berries of bloom. The luminous berries of budding. The luminous berries of growth. The luminous berries of <laughs> ripeness. And <laughs> I'm going, what? Right My clothes now, are falling off, you people. This would. <laughs> Today only, you get free shipping. Today only. <laughs> you, use the discount code GROWTH at checkout. All oh right. my god, I'm gonna vomit my mouth. Once <laughs> 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 you've collected all four unique berries, uh, you only need one of each. You'll be able to evolve your, in, your nascent Endric or a glowing reindeer into a luminous Endric mount. So you can do that as well. I got the green one. Finally got the green one. It's all glowy and. Yeah. Just like that. Just like that. Mm. Uh, so companion outfit style pages. So maybe you're like Jibs and you're like, man, I'm not a crafting rip person. Well, it's okay because they are giving, they're giving these, pretty much giving these away to you. So there's another way you can earn them. Profit outfit style page will be available in week one from the impresario that you can purchase and the others available in their subsequent weeks. Note that while a specific week's outfit style page won't be available in a week that features a different activity and style, during week five, all outfit style pages will be made available for purchase with event tickets again, giving you an opportunity to catch up. Finally, outfit style pages purchased with the event tickets cannot be traded. So, you know, I'm not going to lie. Every day, the first week... I'm I'm pounding that memento. I'm eating that cake, and then I'm just gonna go buy the profit outfit style page. I look like a homeless guy. I think I'm gonna dive in. Right. I think I'll be doing every single one of these weeks. Now it's not really the Indrick that I'm like super excited about. It's just the fact that there's a different event going on, and I'm not kidding you. That that keeps people logging in. Oh yeah, it really does because like even on a day that I can't play. Mm-hmm. With the daily rewards now, mm-hmm. I find I will find time to log in, train my mount, get my my daily, um, you know, basically a little prize, and then I'm out. If I can't, you know, find time to play, right? It's rare for me to not have time, at least you know, in the evening to play. Yeah, but you know, there's some you know days that are really really busy and I can't do it. But the daily stuff and stuff like this. I'll log in and do a set of writs on a player. I'll log in and, you know, try and get one dungeon done or something like that. Right. If I, if I'm having a, a bad day. Otherwise, man, I'm like, I'll dive in like attic status. Oh yeah. I'll be like Just that every other week. Over and over. Just not week yeah. one. We, I, I, I don't, I'm not a crafter. I appreciate crafters. I love you all a long time. You make lives fantastic, but tip your crafters, ladies and gentlemen. All right. So I will remember that the next time you ask for a set of gear. You're like, hmm. What? That I appreciate Thanks you? That I use... Oh, no, 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 no. I know you do. But I, it's so easy in this game to, to craft, honestly. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. All you have to do, truly, is just break down all your stuff. Mm-hmm. You get... Do do the writs every once in a while, and you're crafting. You just naturally... Boop, 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 mm-hmm. It goes up. Oh, yeah. It just, it, it just takes time to do. Yeah. So, commit. Pro, pro tip. Survive. If you're... Li- <laughs> Cover me, you limp. All right. Uh, 
<laughs> I can't finish that line on the air. Okay, so uh, pro tip, anybody who's listening, I know we got a lot of people who are just coming to ESO. Your first character should be your crafter. Make him your crafter. Get that guy, gal, up to max so you can make use of that with your alts. You will you will save yourself some so many headaches just by doing that. But uh, anyway, during week five, the Shimmering Endric pet will also be available for purchase with event tickets from the Impresario. The This pet can be acquired for ten event tickets. Man, those pets are kind of cute. I'll give them that. That's cute. Oh, yeah. They're cute. No, there's a lot, there's a lot, actually really lots of good pets coming out. And you know what they're really smart about doing? Mm. They'll sell a really kick-ass looking mount, mm-hmm. and then they'll sell the little itty bitty cub with it that looks just like it. You have to have a set. You have to. It's almost sacrilege if you don't get the pet. You gotta have the set. So, well done, Zoss. Mm-hmm. Well done. Well done. So, that yeah. is it as far as the anniversary event. It's, it's it's probably one of my more favorite events aside from Halloween and Christmas event. So, New Life and Witches Fest. But, uh, I like them all. I like them all. You know what I liked about the Jester's Festival? What's that? My saucy impersonator, Queen Irene. That <laughs> yeah. big old giant tall yeah, I orc. saw that on Twitter. You kind of have a thing I for her. I know. You saw my tweet. I mean, I'm not kidding you. Can you talk about this? Tell your wife? Yeah, she's good with it. All By right. this time, she's over, she's over it. Um, <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Like I, Okay, I'm a total geek. All right, I play video games. That's what I do. I love this orc. She's just so cutie tootsie, and she her like besides the smoker's voice because I'm not super into that. I'm queen I but read. Like, yeah, I'm queen I read, and she's like super <laughs> sassy, and she's like <laughs> her laugh and like you know her little she shifts her hips and I don't know. I was into it. Whatever you guys don't know what I'm into. None of your freaking business. Well, we do now. Move on. Tall green women with fangs. That's what it sounds like to me. He All right. Hot orc. <laughs> All right. So recent released as of today, which was kind of like, oh, my gosh, we got more. Crown Store Showcase for April 2019. This is coming to us from ESO's official website. So what we're going to do here, we're not going to list the dates for these things. We're going to let you know they're available. We're going to talk about them. Okay. So going through for April. For those of you in Twitch chat, go to elderscrollsonline.com, and you can uh, click on the article and follow along if you'd like. So ESO Plus deals. For those of you who don't know, if you're not in ESO Plus, you should be. Mainly because of the crafting bag, but also you get free stuff. This being one, we're, uh, they're continuing the Daedric uh, little statuettes. So we're getting, for free this week, or this month, we're getting Azura Moon and Star statuette. You know, I really like these, except... Uh, I like these except for Vivek. Vivek's sitting in my campfire in my home. <laughs> Is he, well, yeah, well, Vivek, some people can have some thoughts on Vivek and the things he did. He's a little eccentric, which is fine. You know, he's just so full of himself. That's but what drives me nuts. He's super freaking drama. Like, I, Vivek uh, equals man. freaking drama. Oh, and I, I don't like... We're going to, like, dump into Lori here, but I do not like the way... That him and Almalexia totally after the divines. Yeah, they really the did. So, yeah. yeah, and we're not going to go into it, but if you want to know what we're talking about, our lore lesson on the heart of Lorcan explains a lot 
about why I think the trifecta of Sothaseel, Almalexia, and Lord uh, Vivek. LordSeekersPodcast.com um, right there. Bum me out. So, so there's that. And we got some opposition on that too, which makes me realize how much our community, our listeners, love lore and are better at it than we are. It's true. Which is totally fine. Totally freaking awesome. Okay with that. But I, I, love, I love that about it. Okay, off soapbox. Boop. All right. So anyway, this will be available at the Crown Store for free. You can check that out. But uh, it's available all month long. So Crown Gym exclusives. Oh, I have this to, one took a breath. I have to get on my soapbox for a minute. I am. He, he hates the Gloom Wolf. No, I love it. And I love the Cub. What I do not like is the way this is being done. The Crown um, Gem exclusives. Because you are automatic, whenever you're doing this, you are singling out all your players who may be on a budget. And the one thing that they can game during you know every month is ESO, just to even be on ESO+. And they can't get these cool things. This isn't even a thing that they could even hope to attain. And it drives... Just- me. Yeah, so we should we should explain. It. I get where you're coming from. Drives but we me should nuts. explain it. So these things that are locked to crown gems, the only way to get crown gems is to break down items you get from um from the crown crates. Am I correct? Yes. Yeah. You have That's to break the only down way items. to get crown gems. Yeah, and it's a random crapshoot. So, yeah. And so as as you know, if you if you've ever bought or received. A crown crate, um, you you get most of the stuff you get. I'd say probably seventy five to eighty percent of the stuff that you get is consumables that you can use. A lot of people like don't use those consumables. I only use a couple of those consumables, namely the uh, writing skills. Any of the writing skills for my mounts, I always use. I never break those down. Um, experience scrolls, I always keep experience scrolls. And I always keep the tri-stat, which is the three-stat potions. I keep all of those. Pretty much everything else I break down for gems. And it takes a lot of breaking down to equal the amount of crowns that something like the Glome Wolf will probably cost. Yeah. Some of them are upwards of, you know, four to five hundred. I think almost six hundred. Yeah. I think I've seen them for six. Yeah. Um, 600 gems. So for instance, the last, uh, this brand new crown crate, crown crate season that came out, the Rathstone crown crate season. Love it. I freaking love the Rathstone crown crate season. Um, a lot of you might know that I, when we had the last sale, I really stocked up. Like I spent way too much freaking money on crowns and I sat on them waiting for the next crown crate season because the Argonian one like ripped part of my soul out. I just didn't like that one very much. So when the next when this next one came out, I was all about it. But the one mount, I got a f- probably three, four mounts out of it. The one mount I did not get was the black guar. I have wanted a black guar. I love you, Arcaneer. I've wanted a black guar for the longest time. Mm-hmm. And now there's one with armor on it. I'm like, it's got dragon bone armor on it. Yes, please. So I didn't get it out of any of my crown crates. I ended up 
having to buy more crown crates just to break stuff down to get the amount of gems from the things I broke down to get him. And I finally did get him. Now, I'm I'm incredibly blessed. I have the ability to buy some extra crowns if I would like to. Not everybody's at that spot. And I totally get that. I totally get what you're saying that some of this stuff is gated behind folks who have the ability to purchase some extra stuff. I hit it. I, it is completely gated. It, it, it bums me out too, it because is. you are essentially inadvertently punishing a player who doesn't have enough. Mu- punishing is a strong word. That's not the right verbiage, but it's you're they're not able to ex- get things that other people can simply because of whatever right. their real life status is. And it, it's not, I don't think this is, I think this could be done better. Uh, I think that if you are going to allow people to, um, this, you know what, uh, shout out to uh, quick Joe and chat. You basically, uh, said that more things should be able to be bro- broken down. I think if you're going to do the system, the crown gym system this way, then you need to make it to where every item that you get can be broken down is not automatically added to your inventory and then give people more of a chance to at least get this stuff because look I'll I'll be completely candid there's no way I am going to have four five six hundred crown gems that's that's like saving for like over a year I mean like if yeah. if I'm lucky I mean like that's it would be insane it would it would be really cool to either have an event where, where certain items that you get out of the event just for playing the game are able to be broken down into gems or, um, you know, just random drops in the world would be say, you know, oh, my God, I got one and it's worth 25 gems yes. or 50 gems. Something, yes. That you can break down and yes. trade. Yes, absolutely. And, tra- and sell on... on um, on guild traders, absolutely. Because look, could you imagine that? Oh, I mean, that would be a great idea. Great way to make, now, move money. A great way to move money. You're right, and and um, I I understand that they make it exclusive because it's that's cold hard cash that they're getting for sure. I you get a, you get a person like me that wants something. And yep. you're like, oh, I'm just going to buy more. I'm just going to buy more. You know what I mean? Yep. So I agree. I totally get where they're coming from. Where this is like a secondary means of revenue for them but they do get some players off when they do it. So it'd be really nice if there were some other means Agreed. within the game, just playing the game and maybe make it exclusive to just people who sub. There you go. Maybe make that another perk there you for go. people who sub Something. that if you, if you have ESO plus you have the ability to get items in the world that you can break down for gems and get some of these. Exclusive there items. you go. Something like yeah. that. Be, I guess long story short, Everybody what I'm wins. saying exactly Exactly. Look, because at the end of the day, I think this system needs to be reevaluated. I think it needs to be looked at because I know I'm sitting here watching chat. You know, there's a lot of agreement going on that I think this system could be tweaked some more. Just like they're getting ready to tweak the champion point system at some point soon. I don't know when. Sometime this year. In the next year, I imagine. Um, I think this system still needs some work because this is very, very gated. And you're not giving your player base, especially the ones who support you avidly, even an opportunity, even a you know like a glance towards their way of like possibility of them getting one of these items. So anyway, 
That being said, I'm off my soapbox now. The uncanny gloom wolf hails from the oblivion plane of the Daedric Prince Nocturnal. Sometimes the night mistress will reward a loyal Tamrielic worshipper with a gloom wolf mount sent permanently to Nern. Long story short, this is a... Well, what would you call this? A black ethereal wolf with fur armor, leather... A leather saddle and yeah, purple glowing eyes? A, if you have a dark assassin stealth character, this thing's freaking perfect. Mm. It's so bitchin'. It really is bitchin'. Yeah. And if you don't have the ability to buy the crowns to break down the gems and go mow some freaking lawns. I'm just kidding. I'm so just kidding. There's that too. Okay. Next. <laughs> you got super quiet right ne- there. Ne- I'm just joking. <laughs> Don't make me get my soapbox out again. Oh my god. Don't make me get that soapbox. I didn't mean it. I'll go I'll go uh I'll go what's I about said Balboa. Why would I say Balboa like Rocky? I meant uh Molag Ball. Oh my god, you're so freaking weird. On your butt. I love movies. So there's, I so love there's the Glow Wolf Club. Oh my god. <laughs> Hailing from Nocturnal's oblivion realm of Evergloam, the Gloam Wolf Cub seems to oscillate. I'm going to pause on that word. Oscillate. Like an optical illusion between adorable and sinister. And this is also a Crown Gem exclusive. Uh, I don't know how much you think this thing will cost. 100 gems, maybe? 200. No, I'm saying 150. 150. Yeah, I think that's a little high. Really? Yeah, Mm. I think it's a little high. You may be but right. Anyway, limit, limited time offers in the Crown Source Crown Crates category for a limited time on all platforms during the five-year anniversary event. Now, this guy, it, he looks just like his papa, but he's got his eyes are better, like purple glowy eyes. But he's just like a little wolf pup that's, yeah. you know, he's he's like a nice obsidian black, and he's kind of see-through. Yeah, it's pretty cool. There you go. For costumes, we've got the Breton Hero. It's back from mm-hmm. the trailers, from the cinematic. I'm buying that one. Uh, I am totally buying that one. The only problem is that it's Bratton Daggerfall. Yeah, uh, put a little, put a little dye on it. You can dye that, can't you? I forget. Yeah, you can dye. It. That's Pink what if I thought. You want. Yeah, costume. Yeah, okay. Uh, Elven Hero. There's that. Do you have that one? I do have the Elven Hero. Yeah, and okay. I like it because it's very treasure hunterish. Mm-hmm. And then I'm also going to be picking this up, the Nord Hero. Hmm. Good stuff right there. Look at that one. You know, I don't have that one either. Do you even I mean, ESO? Do you even ESO? <laughs> Just so. What a fail. Um, this one, like, it, it, like if you are an Elder Scrolls fan, the Nord Hero is you. Yeah, it's Dovahkiin. It's so Dovahkiin. There you go. It is. Get it. I do have that Dovahkiin. Uh, the dragon. Uh, what's the actual yeah. name? Dragon. Slayer, Dragon, something. Awesomeness. Yeah, Dragon of Awesomeness, yeah. That's on uh, Fuss Road Dove right now, waiting for me to level. Next, we got Aurora Knight. You've played through Somerset. You're going to be very well acquainted with the Aurora Knights, so uh, check that out as well. And the Alliance Rider outfit. Um, you are wearing... Mm. I, I've never been into this, but you know what? If you are, that's totally awesome and cool. Um, it's all the Alliances, and they're kind of wearing... Little, a lot of uh, vertical blinds. They're wearing vertical blinds. <laughs> They're wearing it's vertical a new window blinds. covering. Yep. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So there's that. You can check that out on your own, friends. Yeah. yeah. Hats. Uh, we got the Alliance Rider Hood. I know you and I both rock those. A couple different. I do. They're basically 
um, kind of uh, some eccentric looking hoods that represent the alliance you're a part of. So there's that. And then for crafting, outfit styles. They're continuing the whole artifact theme. And this month, they're doing the Spellbreaker Shield. Now, this is, quote, uh, let's see, a dwarven shield associated with a Daedric Prince. Is it Periite? Periite? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, Sometime in the early First Era, it was granted for a time to the Dragon Priest Zahn the Scalecaller. This outfit style is not diable. So if you look at the very at the um the last boss of Scalecaller, there is a massive statue at the very end that is a dragon. Mm-hmm. That is Periite. Oh Prince. No kidding. That manifests as a dragon. Mm-hmm. Huh. I'm amazed at how much you remember when it comes to the little things like that. Alright, yeah, so this, oh, uh, it's man. it's like one of those things where you have that endless knowledge of things that don't really in real life (laughs) but it's real life to me so that's all that matters this next thing I um I must have it uh yeah you do engine guardian arms pack now I'm not gonna lie I really wasn't too thrilled with the last two arms packs but uh this one is a complete set of outfit styles for the Engine Guardian weapons that match the Undaunted Awards. These styles can remind you of happier times, such as when you defeated the giant dwarven spider behind the door to... Mm, Kugams? In Darkshade Caverns. Long story short, it's Dwemer. Dude, we need to do a lore lesson on pronunciations in Elder Scrolls. <laughs> it's tough. That is a hard-ass word. Ha- yeah. R K U G A M Z. Chat, give it a shot. Good luck. Um, yep. This is all Dwemer um, looking weapons, um, but it's like on crack and they are pulsating lightning. Uh, it's amazing. And you should buy it if you're in a Dwemer at all. Prepare yourself. Uh, crown crates or crown gems are coming. Uh, Everybody, let's give him a round of applause real quick because he pronounced it Dwemer instead of Dwemer. Yeah, you know what? I've just accepted it. You know, we did a uh, we did a poll on Twitter. What was it last week? And we I asked, "Do you say Dwemer or Dwemer?" And uh, he said, "Poll." Turns out, <laughs> turns out, eighty five percent of Eosonians. Said Dwimmer, so I'm just kind of... Eosonians. Yeah. We have coined a new term here at Lore Seekers. Yeah, that we have. All right, so anyway, during the same time period that this is available, the Engine Guardian Mask style page will have a chance to drop from the final boss in the Vet Darkshade Caverns 2 dungeon, and the Engine Guardian Shoulder style page will have a chance to drop from Mal Al Regath's Undaunted Chest. I'm probably just going to wait and buy it off the... Uh, the uh, auction uh, guild traders. Yeah, I think I'd probably do that. But you know, if you have a chance to get them, yeah. might as well play the game for them. Yeah, that's true. All right, so event tickets—they're back. Uh, if you want to buy them, you can. Uh, the uh, currency will be available. I'm just going to let you know this: uh, April 4th through May 9th. The event tickets are also important part here, giftable to other players from within the Crown Store. 
So there's that. Music boxes. They're back. So we got a music box for the Hinterlands. Finally! We got a music box for Alec- Sands of the Alec here. They're going to make so much money off this. Oh, these. yeah. And a music box. Yafri in every leaf. It's Ifray. Ifray. Yes. Where's the E, Cash? At the end. But you said... Is Ifray. It... Oh, I thought you said Ifray, not Yefray. Okay. All right. Ifray. Right. Ifray is basically one of the yeah. old gods of nature. And yes. that is the main deity of the Bosmer. Yes. Hence the green shading all over the box. Hence the green pact where they eat people. That's true. And yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of cannibalism going around there. Full disclosure, I bet you there's some Bosmer wearing hide from Nord. I'm just saying. Throwing it out there. I uh, bet you they taste like chicken. I bet you they taste like awesome. Because you know what? Ugh. Hindsight that may not have sounded correctly. Um moving on. So Meridia <laughs> of Infinite Energy's statue. This looks awesome. You can totally check that out. Uh, if you're into that, it says, quote, above all others, they did venerate the Lady of Light, building for Merid Nunda, a chapel of colored rays and beams, which was for glory like a piece of Aetherius brought down to the mortal world. The withering of Deladil, unknown author, end quote. For furnishing packs, we've got the Island Assortment Household Pack. We've got the Island Cuisine Kitchen Pack and the Hideaway Parlor Pack. Oh, there's more. I'm sorry. And the bedroom pack as well. For houses. The bedroom pack. Damn. <laughs> for those long summer nights when you're walking on the shores of Rivenspire. Bring your galoshes. Bring your galoshes. <laughs> for houses. It's all, we got, it's all very Merkmire, though. Every one of these. Yeah, are, it really is. Argonian. Yeah. Uh, for houses, we've got the Grand Topol Hideaway. It's back. Very, very cool looking. Um, I'll read this one to you here. It says, quote, Are you ready for the last word in luxury? Two words. Bamboo gazebo. Probably think only the mad masterminds of vast criminal organizations have their own private tropical islands. Well, we know something about that. Well, think again. You, too, could have a hidden hideaway ever trembling on the verge of volcanic destruction. Fantastic. I don't remember this one. Yeah. I honestly don't remember seeing this it's one. It's huge. But apparently it's returning... And uh, I may have to check this one out. Yeah. It looks really, really cool. I just don't know how big it is. It's big. But it's called a Grand big. Topol Hideaway. So uh, yeah, pretty big. It, the next one, I think, is what everybody has been has Go been ahead. Tell them about it. This is the Elnir Private Arena. This is the PvP house. Yeah, buddy. Pit fighting promoter Kratos thumbs down Lycus. Built this private arena atop the haunted ruins of Molivar because the land was cheap and what could possibly go wrong. Yeah. He vanished mysteriously some time ago, and now his unique arena home is back on the market. So, available on all platforms at the end of April into early May, the Elnir private arena is in the Crown Store. This one is the one that has all those different... It's got an arena in the middle of it, basically. Yeah. It's a house with an arena with... um, You can actually activate different traps and stuff inside it. So I've heard many people talking about this particular house to where they're going to put... They're going to put up, like, parsing dummies up there so they can 
do parses while they're getting hit yep. to be a little bit more realistic yep. um, with your parse. Yep. So kind of cool. But I could see this one for guild events like Friday Night Fights, like we do in Lore Seekers, for sure. You know, house. you know what would have been really cool with this house. And I'm pretty. I don't even think this is even a possibility with their. I don't know if this is even a a possibility with their system. Like the moment you enter that center of that arena, world PvP kicks in, and you don't have to be invited for a duel. It's just you just go. I love that idea. I mean, basically, you can play with PvPness in the privacy of your own home. Um. Yeah. That's. Definite possibility. All right. Yeah. Putting you on the spot is the best part of the show. You love it so much. All right. For mounts, we've got the Meridian Saber Cat. So if you have conquered Depths of Malatar on Vet and you've gotten that skin, well, this is going to look very familiar to you. Quote, some accounts of Meridia's plane of the colored rooms describe a menagerie of light-imbued spectral beasts elevated from Nern and, quote, purified by the Lady's Holy Light. It's a cinch that looks like that skin. It's a cinch that looks like he walked through lava. Yeah, and it never stopped glowing. It's pretty much what it is. Uh, the Lion's War Horse is back. It's discounted. Also, the Egg Hunter's Horse is back. If you're uh, wanting to celebrate Easter with your guild, well, you can. Pets, we got the Meridian Saber Cub. It's the uh, pet version of the mount. Looks awesome. Oh, super weird. Yeah. A little tiny pet just like the mount. Yeah. Uh, Alliance War Dogs, they're back as well. For skins, we got the Mind Shriven skin. Uh, FYI, that skin is awesome. I bought it last time around. Worth every penny. Make sure you're going to get some really cool outfits. Yeah, that skin looks very necro. You need this. Yes. If for any reason, buy this for your necro because... Yep. I love how it it almost makes the bot your the person's body look a little dilapidated, like very dead. <laughs> so yeah, it and, looks, and yeah. yeah, it looks like there's like uh, electricity like shooting through it as well. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, pretty cool. So uh, crown crates, uh, Sigic vault crates, they're coming back too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's that, and that is your crown store showcase for April. Goodness gracious, we're only halfway through the show. <laughs> I know. Whew. This you is did, a marathon today. You did today. real good. Thank you very much. This is a marathon today, folks. So let me ask you this. Do you want to go lore lesson next and then finish it up with ESO game days with the live stream? We'll what? switch it up. We could do that. We've never done that before. You want Well, to it gives you a break because I, I'm frankly, I'm tired of hearing you talking. I'm slightly offended. And I, you know what? That's fine. That's, that's I fine. I don't care. All right. Well, you know what? You do your spell. You know what? You do your own spell then. You do it. Yeah, fine. That's going to send your nuts this time. Why is it always got to be my nuts? All right. Here, take a step forward. Let's, yeah. let's All right, I'm going to step back. Here we go. Believe it or not, my friends, this is a milestone for the Lore Seekers podcast. This is lore lesson number 50. Lore lesson number 50. Lore 50. Hashtag Lore 50. Come on, chat. Let me see. That is a lot of freaking writing, and I'm actually very proud. You should be. I'm proud of you. You have been kicking ass, um, kicking butt for 50 lore lessons. Yeah. 
I know. It's, it's actually good. kind of fun. Now, so here is something that I didn't think was going to happen, but now it, it actually has happened. So we were giving away these vouchers for our listeners to let us know what they want to see for lore less. And we had a few little rules, like obviously we can't have covered it before. There has to be sufficient amount of lore for us to be able to cover. Anyway, um, four or five of these got given out and they absolutely nailed the topics, like very, very good topics. So this topic comes to us from Witcher Girl. And of course, with a name like that, she's very interested in witches, Hagravens and Covens. So I want to open this up once again to anyone out there that has a lore topic that we have not covered that you are interested in hearing. Write us, please. Loreseekerspodcast at gmail.com. And just write lore lesson topic. And let us know something that we have not covered, something that has sufficient lore out there for us to be able to cover. And we will cover it. Because I'm not kidding you, having set topics for the last four to five weeks was really a stress taken off of me. And I loved covering these things that I wouldn't have thought of. So let's do this. Bring it on out. But anyway, tonight we talk about witches, hagravens, and covens, which is a very interesting topic. The birth of witches in Elder Scrolls is a twisted tale originating from the lands of High Rock. Never would have known that. The story really unfolds during the Merithic era from forbidden love between the races of man and myrrh in a time of struggle between the two. What do I mean? A female human and a male elf fell in love and gave birth to a female half-elf. Half elf. Now, knowing the struggles that the little girl was going to face because both races were at odds... The parents pleaded to the higher powers of Mundus to show compassion and to give strength to the child. So with the birth of the child, they not only got strength, but they proved their love for one another and their hopes to foster peace between the races of men and myrrh. Didn't quite go that way. But what did happen was answered in uh, a little bit of lore that I'm going to read to you. So when this happened, when the plea took place, the leaves of the trees swished as Ifray answered, your love shall forever be engraved in my bones. And the wind blew as Kinnereth hummed, your love may sing and I will hear. The setting sun stretched his rays as Magnus yawned, your love be blessed by my light to shine in the dark. The twilight shadows creeped as Azura promised, your love shall see more than what others see. The night shrouded the world in silence as Nocturnal whispered, your love shall be able to deceive. And the little moon shone as Mara smiled, your love shall share my compassion so evil shall not reach her. So their pleas were indeed heard, but the young female would live to grow to be the first witch. Mm. Yes. So there's always a twist. <laughs> there's always a twist in Elder yeah. Scrolls lore. And that's oh, yeah. what I love about Elder Scrolls lore. Oh yeah. 
She was gifted with the ability to manipulate the forces of Mundus and Oblivion. In learning witchcraft, she was born into the craft. Generations of females would also be born into the craft, and eventually they would gather together in clans that were to become known as the very first covens. So when this first witch was born of all of these different influences from Mundus and from the different deities that hovered above Mundus, she became the first witch, and every offspring from her generation after generation, became a witch. Hmm. So the witches' covens, native to the lands of High Rock, where they originated, they later spread to other territories and then eventually the whole of Tamriel. They were shrouded in secrecy and discretion. Many witches' covens were hunted and killed. There was a lot of mistrust surrounding witches' covens. Although many were the source of havoc and mayhem in a region... Many witches became respected and sought after because they knew how to cure diseases, most notably vampirism and lycanthropy. And you'll know both. Vampirism is obviously vampires. Uh And lycanthropy, as we have covered in previous lore lessons, is werewolves. Most witches would actually charge large amounts of gold for their service because, let's face it, they lived in covens in the middle of the woods and didn't have much. So if they had a skill that others coveted, Why not make money? The genealogy of witches as females was sometimes portrayed because sometimes a male was born. I think Khajiit enters the room. Come on, buddy. So witchcraft being a very specific type of magic is similar, most similar to like the old ways of the Sigic Order. That's how witchcraft was. It was also taught to males that were born into the coven. So most practitioners of witchcraft would disguise themselves as women, the men. Oh. They were basically cross-dressing male witches. Drag queen covens. I love it. All right. Sounds like a Broadway show. Don't take that as I cross-dress because I don't. I'm dude. I'm dude all the way through. Damn. Is that why you keep a shaved head so you can put your wigs on easier? Oh my god, that so deserves a nut kick. <laughs> no, that's not why. I'm balding. I'm incredibly balding. Me too. That's why I shave my head, you dick. Uh, me too. Speak it up. <laughs> me too. <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> so anyways, these dude witches earn the title of witch man or male witch. Go figure. All right, first fun fact of the lore lesson Witches rely on their connections to spirits and magical creatures through conjuration magic. Yes, we talked about the schools of magic last week. Most witches source their power directly to their respective Daedric prince. Many witches choose either nocturnal or hercene as their source of power and worship. Oh, this is so damn dark. I love mm. it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Most witch covens follow very selective codes and very, very strict rules that are imposed by their own internal hierarchy. However, some witches prefer a life of solidarity and independence, which brings me to the topic of that creepy witch. (laughs) Forget where she was. Super creepy witch in a hut somewhere out in the world of Tamriel that full on hits on you. Oh, dude. 
disgusting. Mm. Have, you, have you done that quest? I, oh. If you know in chat, let us know because I totally have forgotten you that one. You do not come back from that. You don't, dude. Mm-hmm. I was like, seriously, mm-hmm. like I was a little vomity in my mouth mm-hmm. after that one. I was like, oh my God. No means no. Damn, lady. Mm. I just ain't into that. Mm. So anyway. Okay, so um, some of the witches prefer the, solid, prefer the solidarity and independence, but many with that philosophy gather into lawless anarchic covens of their own. And that's where some of the mayhem comes from, from witches' covens. And that's where there's a lot of, of mistrust. Many witches having that independence have a driving lust for power that leads to their inability to resist the temptations of oblivion and many times ends up their own demise. Mm. Although Nocturnal has been known to bless a worthy witch with blessings and gifts, for example, the Raven form, which we're going to talk about very soon, the Daedric Prince of Darkness has also been known to punish and chastise. I mean, it is nocturnal. So this is how a witch becomes a Hagraven. Oh my gosh, this is getting dark, dude. I love this. Holy crap, this is gnarly. Hagravens. What the hell are Hagravens? You've undoubtedly run into them Uh in any Elder Scrolls game. They are freaking everywhere. But a Hagraven is a witch who falls out of the favor of Nocturnal and is cursed to to the life of being a Hagraven or a Harpy. That'd be awful. Yes. It would be. I mean, you fit right in. Your wig would look great. Guy. (laughs) The prince herself, of Nocturnal basically, is known to appear as a hag if light is shed upon her. She's absolutely gorgeous if you take the light off. You played Skyrim, come on. Um, So she's surrounded by servant ravens. Witches craving access to powerful magic may also undergo a ritual trading in their humanity to transform into hagravens. The cunning and repulsive hagravens are a horrific cross between an old crone and a bird, and they are known to be extremely hostile to outsiders and they retain their ability to, to communicate with others. So they can spill a, they can still a speaker, but they're just super freaking gnarly because they've traded in their humanity for these powers. That's crazy. Prone to strong abilities with magic, hag ravens can be dangerous in, in ranged combat because most of them are ranged spellcasters. And then witches who have angered Nocturnal in a broken seal of silence, for instance, can be permanently transformed into the haggard form of a hag raven or a winged trickster harpy. So most witches that have befallen this fate are seen as shamed in the region of High Rock. And then the Reachmen, which are also known as the Forsworn, we've also covered them in Lord Lesson, they are known to coven or to covet. The coven covet, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To covet, one who covets the hag ravens, what the Reachmen do. Okay, now this part was very interesting to me because it turns out that witches know a lot of ancient knowledge. They're essentially lore masters. No kidding. Wow, okay. So some witches possess the ability to cast curses and hexes on other beings. Some maledictions can last for long periods of time while some of them are only temporary. And the effects of curses can vary in their results. So for an example of one such curse, 
a whole village of people became unable to say anything other than, hmm, precisely. That's all they could say. That would get annoying real freaking quick. In another example, a young orc was adorned with goat horns on his head that he had to continually have sawn off. So, Hellboy. Pretty much. Oh. Minus the bad history, but mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, witches, has an, witches have an exhaustive knowledge of ancient lore mm-hmm. and have the ability to summon various Daedric princes for their own uses as they see fit. I thought that was quite interesting as well. They have a deep knowledge of herbalism and the use of alchemy in the cure of disease. Their knowledge in the area is so detailed, even the Mages Guild, the snooty, rooty tooting Mages Guild, is very reliant on their services from time to time. So because of the power and deep knowledge of witches, many witches' covens are confronted with distrust and suspicion. People just do not trust what they don't, or they do not trust what they don't understand. Now, the power is absolutely undeniable with witches' covens. So many end up seeking out their expertise and skill in order to gain advantages not found anywhere else in the land of Tamriel. Fun fact. Most witches are worshippers of the Daedric Prince Nocturnal and are melded to the idea that they may be blessed with the secrets of the dark if they remain ever faithful. Mm. A lot of them don't necessarily get their wish even though they're very faithful. But Nocturnal is very, very choosy mm. in who decides to favor. They're so, like, you can... I think it's mainly because after playing through Somerset, like, you just get a real look at the way that Daedra interact with each other and, you know, people in Nern. So, like, man, there's always this underlying thing that's going to happen. Like, you, you're coming there for one thing, but you don't know that you're going to be getting a completely different thing in the process. Exactly. And that's Daedra. I love that. I have to make note of two comments in chat right now. Uh, The first is cash is a witch. (laughs) (sighs) That's not uh, a thing. And then the second one is, can we send cash a wig? I, for the record, I approve that. I approve of both of those comments because, you know, this is a fun environment. I mean, we're in the trust tree here with the nest. Um, this on, the other the hand, on the other hand, I like being bald. So. It's true. I mean, mm-hmm. I've learned to accept it. You know. People, they're so hurtful. It can be so hurtful. Let's talk about the weird. You want to get but weird? Perfect freaking segue. Let's get that. weird. We went from bald, cash, cash wigs, cash witch wigs, into let's talk weird. Let's get weird. <laughs> One of the most famous covens of witches is known as the Glenmoral Coven. Hmm. It's a very famous witches coven of weird nature witches and the worshippers of the Daedric Prince Hercene. Now, this is a one of the very basic quest lines that you'll run through in ESO. The Coven can be found in Bankarai, most notable for its ability to cure lycanthropy, which is werewolves, and vampirism. Mm-hmm. Once having a presence in High Rock, Hammerfell, and Solstheim, 
Cyrodiil, and Skyrim. These witches, many of whom are vampires themselves, are known to walk amongst the people without them knowing. Uh, they can polymorph into enormous ravens or even wolves. Some of the witches live amongst the populations in the cities without ever being seen. Wow. Many in the order, in attempt to maximize their power, have become hag ravens, but obviously hag ravens cannot disguise themselves, so they pretty much stick to the sticks. Fun fact. The Glen Moral Weird Coven's willingness to cure lycanthropy has put them at odds with the Reachmen. Now, the Reachmen, which are Brenda, uh, Breton descendants living in the wild, and uh, they've kind of claimed portions of the Western Reach. They revere all aspects of her scene and view lycanthropy as a blessing. So they don't agree with the Glen Moral Weird Coven in being able to and actually following through with curing lycanthropy. Huh. So, yeah. The Weirises and the Weird. So not to be confused with Hagravens, the Weirises of Tamriel have a very different focus. Explain This will kind of help to explain a little bit. There is a lore book entitled Weirises, The Name Daughters by Glargerglip, Glargargil, Glargargil, he's an orc. He's a freaking orc, okay? Glargargil, the speaking oak. So in the text, the song of Geoffrey and the Weird Women. It reads, in Elden time, Elven time, Geoffrey did come. And naming creatures where he did run, as always chaotic, and names were unknown. His gift was a name for each beast, plant, and stone. Then all knew their places except man and myrrh, who plundered and ravaged wherever they were. I name you the earth bones, Geoffrey decreed, lords of the forest, rock root and seed. This heritage nurture henceforth be its guards and designate worthies to act as its wards. Therefore did weird women watch o'er the green from tundra to forest from peak to ravine, reminding all creatures, be it tiger or worm, of the name of their nature, their function and form. Would-be corruptors who'd canker the green shall face weirest warding wherever they'd seen. So tread woods with caution, respect Jeffrey's way, yes, lest weird women watching abduct you away. So, suffice it to say, based on our lore book, that Weirises are nature witches tasked with the protection of nature and its creations. They are not Hagravens. They're much different. One such coven of Weirises appearing in ESO is the Beldama Weird, a priesthood of female nature witches sworn to protect the Elnafe, which we know as the Earthbones. Mm-hmm. They claim to be descended from the Elnafe, which were the first spirits to actually physically walk the surface of Tamriel. They're wow. bound to the weird tree and they remain to protect the land from darkness. That's what these weirises focuses. Most weirises belong to a coven as uh, these do, as the Beldama weird does, where others in some rare cases may choose to live solitary lives in the wilderness. And we do encounter some of these in Elder Scrolls Online. I believe... When you're doing the prologue quest for Somerset, there is a Weirus who is a solitary Weirus 
that you run into, and I, I, her name eludes me. The weird tree is our gargantuan tree found in the wilderness of High Rock. This is another quest line. Tended to by the Beldana, Beldama Coven, the weird tree is rumored to provide the weirises with strange power. In fact, talked about the earth bones. They are the faded descendants of Adra, who actually physically walked Tamriel along with the ancestors of Men and Mer. They're highly revered. The weird, the laws of nature set down by Yfrey, became the earth bones along with other original spirits. The original spirits were known as the Et Ada. E.T. Ada. Hmm. Due to their lifestyle, weirises are generally feared by people inhabiting the regions they may protect. And these are weirises, not hagravens. So this is maybe a little out of place, the way people feel about weirises, just because they don't truly understand them. Many tales are told to make children afraid to enter the woods out of fear that they may be captured or killed by weirises, which in some cases, some covens may actually do so. Um... Because some of these Weirus covens worship the Daedra, the bad Daedra anyway, not like Mara and some of the, the better ones. And many covens are strictly nonviolent and only concern themselves with protection of the forest. Man, that is gnarly. Yeah, it's really, really good lore mm-hmm. in this one. So while exploring the landscape of Elder Scrolls, it does not take long to uncover some form of which Weirus or Hagraven and some kind of you know, a a natural coven. Uh, They're super mysterious, very, very interesting faction to explore in Elder Scrolls and on Nern. And, um, you know, just don't go willy-nilly picking flowers because you never know when you'll end up in a cauldron of boiling water. (laughs) (laughs) Hansel and Gretel. One thing that I actually did find when I was researching this is I found a... Uh, role-playing guild and i forget the name i should have, i should have put the name down but uh it's a role-playing guild that strictly role-play female weirises wow i know and that like i just absorbed devoured the lore that they had on their page and i'm like this is really good so some of their stuff is in our lore lesson today but um that's crazy this is probably one of the more intriguing and interesting ones because you run into witches and weirises, but you don't think much about who they are and where they come from. Yeah. Turns out there is a crap ton of history on Tur- witches and weirises. No kidding. Turns out they're pretty gnarly. Um, yeah. Man, I tell you what, this is one of the first lore lessons. This is a really, really cool one, especially being, you know, the 50th lore lesson. This is one of the first ones that's made me, like, really want to chapter would be too much but some kind of expansion that focused on witches to kind of bring them more into the spotlight i'm with you a million percent but you know what i want to say and chad is mentioning it right now is that it seems very warden like because of their connection to the forest and if there is one one of my main gripes about our lore in ESO, because I know that wardens were introduced as part of ESO's lore, but there is no origination lore. There's no origin story. How does a warden become a warden? Like that is my chosen class for like another month. For, <laughs> <laughs> for, 
<laughs> the 40 days. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, everybody knows. If you listen to this show, you know that I'm I'm a super freaking Warden fan. But there's no lore right. behind it. I want nothing more than to just devour Warden lore and cover it on our podcast. And there's nothing. I mean, there really is nothing. The closest thing to Warden lore is the history of the spinner, which is the um, basically a, a Bosmer a lore priest. It's basically what they are. They speak in riddles. They tell the history in the riddles. A lot of them are incredibly... Um, solitary in the woods, um, but they're known to be able to foretell the future. And, you know, they're like basically nature bards, but they don't sing it. They speak it in rhymes and piss everybody off. <laughs> that's what spinners are. And I'm yeah. like, that is, really plays into the lore of a warden, yeah. but there's nothing in stone about the warden. Yeah. So kind of surprising, please, really. Mr. Tuttle. Mr. Tuttle, expound upon it. Yes. There you go. That was good. I really, really liked that. That was cool. That, that was uh, my first hurrah into witches and covens ever in Elder Scrolls lore. Very, very cool. Thank you, Witcher Girl. That was a really kick-ass topic. Yeah, so, I agree. Thank you to everybody who gave us a topic for like the last month. I so have appreciated not having to rack my brain for lore topics. So if you have a lore topic... Please write us at loreseekerspodcast lore, uh, at gmail.com. I think we're and getting emails cool. as we do this show live, actually. Oh, that's beautiful. Dude, it really does help me, like, for sure. There you go. That's cool. Very cool. Good job. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, let's get back to the news. We've got about a whole other show's worth of news. We're, we're in the marathon now. We're coming around uh, probably. What do you, why are you, why are you, I'm sorry to interrupt you. We have a new lore topic. What's our lore? From topic? Elder Scrolls Lorecast. What's up, Abner Thorne's butt? <laughs> I'll wiki that, dude. <laughs> you may not. Golden. You may not want to Google image that. That's uh, golden. Anyway, all right. So last week was a very special week. We had Bethesda Game Days going on. Um, and we're just going to go. We picked apart the uh, the live stream, so we'll go over from top to bottom. But uh, anyway, so the takeaway from Bethesda Gameplay Days, the part that didn't really involve ESL, um, was one, they celebrated Elder, 25 years of Elder Scrolls, which I guess you know includes ESL as well, obviously. But two, we learned that our recent member, you'll know her as... Elder Scrolls Grandma, a lot of people call her on our YouTube channel, who plays Skyrim a lot. Our new Lore Seeker member, Shirley Curry, is going to be in Elder Scrolls 6. I love her. I know. Me too, man. I have nothing but love I mean, for her. If you haven't seen that... Look, my cat is so purring into the mic right now. If you haven't seen the documentary on Shirley Curry... Please go watch it. And I'm not, I'm, look, I ain't trying to start crying right now, but I'm a total wuss and I've been drinking. Okay. So I'll, I'll just, I'll be flat out with you. <laughs> if I talk too much about Shirley Curry, I'm going to freaking cry because she is so 100% genuine and sweet. Please go watch it. It's like 27, 28 minutes and it will go by like that because this lady 
is everybody's grandma. She is amazing just in the way that she, the way she talks and carries herself, her speech about the things that irk her in gaming, how people have, have treated her, which for the most part is, is really, really good. But there are some freaking douchebags out there that I would absolutely like to throat punch. But the way she takes it is just so sweet and wholesome. Watch the video. It's on YouTube. It is incredibly well done. It's from um, Gamecumentary? Yeah. Is that yeah. it? Yeah. Totally nailed it. Yep. Um, nailed it. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. No, we were super excited to uh, get in contact with Shirley, have her join Lore Seekers, and kind of uh, get to know her. Very, very kind person. Um, and I hardly know her above, you know, just a brief conversation we had in DM getting her into the guild and all that. And, but, uh, there's a history behind that though, too, because she, she normally, like we've been following her on Twitter for a long time and she's normally, she plays, she has a YouTube channel. She plays Skyrim. Like that's, that's her shtick. And the way that she plays Skyrim is so amazing. Like she might not necessarily follow the story, She's role playing her character the entire time, mm-hmm. and she had to, she had one instance that you'll see in the in the documentary where a character that she was role playing, a Khajiit, um, died. Like literally, had a, like a life changing thing happen in the middle of the game that she's role playing, and the character was like supposedly you know heading up this mountain. She wanted to go up and over this mountain and start anew. And a freaking frost troll comes out of nowhere and kills her character. That was it. She let it lie. And everybody was texting, you know, like sending her messages like, just respond or blah. And she, she let it lie. That's where the character died. And I'm like, I could never do that. <laughs> but she rolled with it. So that's, that's, really how, cool. she, that's how she plays her characters. Yeah. And she, she said that she's always uh, had an aversion to playing in the online space just because she doesn't want to, she doesn't want to ruin that. Right. And finally she's come to ESO and I, I got to hand it to Jibs. He, you know, she had mentioned something about it and Jibs reached out and I mean, by the grace of God, she joined lore seekers. So if she ever shows up, it's, you know, it's, it is going to be just, Hey, how can we help you type of thing? But, um, you know, it's just been such a blessing to like watch, her videos and see how majority of this community has accepted her and treated her. And that's exactly what we want. That's what we need to be pushing and living when we play this game or any game. That's what a community should be about. I agree. hundred percent. So anyway, yeah, you can check out the game. You mentory game thing. Yep. So there anyway on YouTube, it was, it was cool. I got to catch a few, a few, uh, few minutes of it and it was really, really good. Um, all right, so the ESO Game Days live stream recap. Now, we're going to have all this linked over at loreseekerspodcast.com on the episode page for this release. So if you want to watch this from top to bottom, you can do that there. So I'm just going to open this up. About five hours in is where the Elsewhere stream really started. And they're all sitting around talking, and they started showcasing Elsewhere. And we got to see a few different places. As far as the landscape is concerned, we got to see a really cool-looking place. Really cool. Called Stitches. And 
This is a shanty town that's built within the massive cavern that kind of runs through elsewhere. And it's called Stitches because it's connected by various bridges, thus forming Stitches. So I love that, man. You got to watch this video. What video? Well, if they haven't seen the... Oh, the live stream. Okay, yeah. The YouTube on yeah. this. Yeah. If you didn't see the live stream, I was not able to see the live stream. I was able to catch up on it after the fact. And it was it was very, very well done with a lot of the devs up there. And um, this particular zone was really cool. Like, it's all elevated. Like, on yeah, an elevated Very platform. vertical. It's super cool. Yeah, agreed. They also showcased the two moons of Tenmar... Or they also called it Temple of Two Moons. Um, it, it really showcased or embodied the aspect of the Khajiit race in, in that how ancient of a race they are. So a lot of the area was built of stone. And it really showcases the idea that beast races are some of the very first in Tamriel ever. And their architecture totally you know, showcases that. There is a ton of history in in these zones. You can absolutely tell. And and like one of the next ones we're going to talk about really shows that and has a lot of influences in from the real world, which you can tell in a lot of the races in Elder Scrolls, how they parallel races in our own world. And um, this particular area just shows that it's... um, like the, the the old stone floors and everything, yeah. and like some of the huts and everything that's yeah. all set up there. You can tell the huts may come and go, but that stone floor and the establishment of the fact that there is a town there, yeah, it it just it just recycles itself. Like okay, you know, the, we're changing the location of this particular thing. Well, it's an old hut. We're just going to rebuild the hut, but it's still on the landscape of this old old ancient place yeah and you get that feel yeah when you're looking at a lot of these zones yeah man i you know already before even continuing already when i saw those first two places i'm like i and i said the same thing about somerset but even more passionately i feel this now like i want to stay in elsewhere that there's so many screenshots that can be taken it's truly like one of the most unique zones I would say, just based off what I've seen, you know, probably one of the more unique zones in the game. Just the the verticality that you have. And then they're showing off the biomes. And then this, the Rimen, the capital of the northern, one of the capitals of northern elsewhere. You know, the architecture, Kajiti architecture, inspires from real life. So they're pulling from Indonesian, Thai, and Indian cultures. And so you're seeing that. But it doesn't feel so like off not off center that's not the right word but you know it doesn't feel so far from you that you can't relate to it like as somebody who's from the states you know and i see this architecture i really really appreciate it and yet i can still find a way that i'm connecting with it just by watching this stream right and they they have built such i mean the entire the the, the entirety of elder scrolls has built such character into the Khajiit. I mean, I don't think there's any other race that rivals the amount of character built into a Khajiit. 
because they have an air of mystery to them. They have an air of history and culture to them. Yep. They have an air of um, humor, like unparalleled humor than any other race. And to bring all that together into uh, parallels that we have in our own world. Yeah. It totally hits home. And, and like, I never really thought about it until I started, you know, kind of researching a little bit more about the Khajiit for the show and, um, you know, and then like watching what they're creating in this mysterious world that we've never been able to visit aside from a couple little zones here and there that we already have in the game, but it brings so much mystery and history to the Khajiit that immediately, like, it's uh, like, now I'm starting to plan out my characters for it. Like, okay, I'm going to roll this Khajiit for this, I'm going to roll this Khajiit for that. Because they are just so, so interesting. I agree 100%. So, going on more with Rimen, you know, Imperials have taken over elsewhere. We know that based off of what we've seen from the live stream reveal. Jaraxia Tharn, this is a part I thought was really gnarly. I don't know if you caught this in the stream. But she, in the city of Rimen, she has full-on pointed seized weapons at the residential areas in the city to keep them from trying to overthrow her. Like... Yeah, she is a nasty witch! That's a crazy woman, man. Crazy! And so, uh, yeah. So that's happening in Rimen. We also, around five hours... No, go ahead. I was going to say, if you haven't played through the prologue quest, go do it. I mean, I, I will hands down say this is the best prologue quest that I've ever played for Elder Scrolls mm-hmm. online. Um, it's really, really fun. And the reason being is, keep in mind, they're not just doing... This is not just a new chapter that's coming out. This is a year-long story yep. that we're getting. So... Do yourself a favor and go do the prologue quest and just, in, you know, absorb it and enjoy it. It's really good. And you get a memento at the end, too. It's true. So it's really, really good. Yeah, it's a really good memento. So don't yeah. uh, don't shortchange yourself. Yep. I'll talk more about that prologue. Um, maybe we'll give our uh, thoughts on it in a couple of weeks after people have had more time to get into it. Because I'd like to talk about it a little bit more, but too soon, too soon. Uh, five hours, ten, minute, ten uh, minutes in, they start to talk about the Sunspire raid, okay? And this is a legit-looking raid. So, it's set in the tapple, tap, tapple, wow, temple of Alkosh. <laughs> what did you, what did you do? Did you swallow a bug? I guess. Uh, who shouted down Polenial White Strake. Supposedly, the palace is where he did it. And at the top of this trial... You can still see there's a remnant of that shout still there. There's a tear in time. And first off, full disclosure, I think that's so freaking cool that that's visible to us. It's just this, you know, this tiny little sliver. It's been kind of cut out of the world and it's glowing, it's pulsating. But it's just, that's all it is. But it's just cool to, to see a shout, a remnant of a shout in ESO. And it's also cool to see a tear in time. It tore the fabric of time. And, and what's beyond that? The oblivion. Mm-hmm. The Daedric realm mm-hmm. is beyond that. Mm-hmm. So 
I can't wait for the story. Makes you wonder, wonder if that Terran time has something to do in the future, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, dude. Okay, Rabbit Trail, ESO, Oblivion. Go go to Oblivion for a chapter. Well, we, I mean, we have been there, technically. Yeah, We've been but... To a Daedric realm of Oblivion. Yeah, but, you know... Or actually a couple, because we've been to what? How many have we been to? Nocturnal's Realm? Oh. Spoiler alert for yeah. Somerset. Yeah. If you haven't played Somerset, I'm not even going to say it. I don't know. I, I guess I guess we're a screwdriver. I guess, <laughs> I guess what I was thinking, I have Cold Harbor. Um, yeah, that's one as well. Um, but right. uh, Cold Harbor. I don't know. I'm just picturing like, you know, old school Oblivion from 2000, you know, back in those days, 2000 four or five, whatever it was. But anyway, so yeah, um, this is a full trial. Size is compared to Law of Morkage. All the bosses, all the main bosses, they're dragons. You've got Yolnikrin, Locestus, and by the way, in regard to those first two bosses, you can fight either one first. doesn't matter which one you pick, but you must kill both to reach the final boss. You must do Yolnikrin and Locestus hard mode to do the final boss hard mode as well. Yeah, and they have been shortened. The three bosses have been shortened into uh, Yolnikrin, Locustus, and Naventus, which Jibs is about to cover, have been shortened into Yolo, Loki, and Navi. There you go. Uh, A little you... bit of lore for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so let's see. We we know that we will be fighting Centrots, so not only if you pre-order will you get to ride one during Elsewhere, but you'll be fighting one as well. And they're massive and super freaking yoked. D- did not miss Arm Day. Did Does not, not miss Arm Day. You know my favorite Mine part about them? Leg Day. Oh, they skipped Leg Day. Yeah, those calves were hurting. Yeah, but they're, they're big. They're big. You know what I love about that? Was when he walked up, they showcased the cinch, and I think it was Remen and a cinch rot, and uh, you could speak with them. They're sentient. I love that about them. Yes, they are. I can't are, wait to hear their voice. A lot of the first stock in uh, Elder Scrolls, and at least this last, the the new chapter, will be sentient to where you can physically speak to them, including our favorite, the Alfique, which are oh, basically yeah. house cats that can oh, yeah. cast spells and talk. Yeah, in chat, uh, Elder Scrolls lore cast is Red Portals, Lava Flows. He means Mayroon's Dagon Realm. Yes, that's what I meant. I think that'd be cool if we go there in chat. That's what I was and trying to say earlier. Yeah. This is why I love our chat because they're definitely gamers. Like as soon as I said Navi, Hitsune says, "Hey, listen." <laughs> that was a nod to the to Legend of Zelda. So, as far as achievements are concerned for Sunspire, first off, if you complete the trial on Vet, you will get a Ice Fire skin. So. Uh, I like it already. Part of your extremities are ice. The others are fire. So it's fire and ice. For the first time ever, I love this because I look, and I'm, I've said this before in the show, I love where this will go. And that being said, for the first time ever, if you complete all the achievements, which I don't know, that'll be me, and get it. Oh, I butchered that. So if you complete all achievements, sorry, you complete all achievements, you get, for the first time ever, a mount. It's the Ice oh, Fire Cinch dude, mount. you can totally do that. You can totally do that. Did you not do that for Somerset? 
all the achievements for the a raid? That's raid achievements, bro. They're talking hard modes. Come on, bro. We're elite players. You you didn't even know that by now? Bro, do you even We're hear totally so? not. Do you even hard mode? We're totally not. I can't even get the stupid skin out of freaking Fangler. <laughs> for upcoming <laughs> features, we got the Guild Finder. All right. So this there's actually they kind of went into this and so I'm just going to read this off to you. It allows you to tag your guild with various things that users can search for. Um, it, it Reminiscent of World of Warcraft's Guild Finder. If you're looking for a guild, you're going to be able to find one easily now. Um, you can tag your guild with Trade Guild, PvE Guild, PvP, RP, if you have a trader. Uh, when you're advertising your guild, there's different ways you can define it. Based off of play styles, your main language, the core hours. And they're always going to be local to you. So whenever you look at that... No matter where you're at in the world, it will be local to you. Um, champion point requirement. I like that. That's cool because I think that's going to breed some higher-end uh, trial uh, guilds, which in right. turn we may start seeing in the future more pushes for world firsts because of what um, that guild will be made up of. You're going to have 810-plus you know, high-end raid guild. See if they start doing world first. I think that'd be cool. Um, Speaking of that, just like a super quick side story. I watched a uh, YouTube video on um, Hodor, the high-end raid guild yeah. that All Cats plays in. Um, I watched them do a speed run of a trial, and I just random. But, oh, my God. <laughs> it was almost embarrassing. Like, ours don't go like that. But they were like so just dialed in with every movement and every call. This, that, time for this, time for that. It was so impressive. So, you know, that's why. Hats off. These guilds, yeah, hats off. I mean, that's that's why these guilds are being able to do stuff. And and that's why they're detailing, um, you know, defining your guild in the guild finder. They're detailing it down to these parameters. Because there are, there's people out there and like, they're pros at this stuff, so yeah. Uh, also, you can uh, you can tag your guild with uh, looking for particular roles as well. If you're looking for uh, tank, healer, DPS, I know Lore Seekers is going to be making use of the Guild Finder, but we have a pretty particular way that we do our recruitment and the way we handle it, and it's definitely been in our favor to do it this way. Yeah, it's called a so, douche filter. So we're gonna we're definitely gonna be it's making use of this. We're just gonna figure out you know where we're gonna land with it. But uh, applications can be accepted within the UI. You can blacklist a user. So that means that person will never be able to join your guild again. That account is done. They're done. A lot of people will probably be happy about that. So flip it on, you know, on its head. If you are a user and you're searching for a guild, you can search a guild by alliance, active members, core hours, champion point requirement, and roles. Pending guild invites will show in the guild roster at the very bottom and the guild leader can set perms for guild invites cash you want to tell them about alts this is a new system they're doing yeah so they've implemented a new system that makes leveling your alts easier and i think this is going to be very very popular with a lot of people um I so in it, yeah for sure so it's really focused on sky shards if you complete a Sky Shard achievement within a zone, so like say you hit um, Glen Umber Sky Shard Hunter, 
you will unlock the ability for you to purchase those sky shards on a separate character. So yeah, it's going to cost you some money. Yeah. <laughs> but at least you get, you'll have those points already unlocked mm-hmm. for your character. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some PVP changes coming. Um, they are addressing the fact that uh, Emperor flipping is really taking place in Cyrodiil. Once you are an emperor, you cannot change alliance and become emperor again. It's going to be locked out uh, until the current campaign finishes. They are introducing alliance locked campaigns, which means you can't flip flop. And uh, you'll have to stay in the alliance until that particular campaign is finished, which is usually what, seven days? I think there's seven and a 30. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a 14 as well? And then there's 14 or 15. Yeah, there may be more. Um, And then there's Alliance Locked campaigns, which will mean you'll have to stay in the Alliance until the campaign is finished. And then um, they'll be removing the guest assignment. That'll be going away. Mm -hmm. Artifacts. uh, There's a new artifact that's being added to Cyrodiil. This one is called Voladrum, which has the ability to destroy a keep wall that has been fully upgraded in about 30 seconds. You cannot pick it up if if you're an emperor, which was a question that was asked originally of uh, the devs when that uh, when this whole thing came down about the artifacts that were getting introduced. And I believe Rich Lambert said, well, they're just going to have to find out. Well, now we know. You cannot pick up an artifact if you're an emperor if you have it and you become emperor then you will lose the weapon it automatically um, gets taken away from your character so um must you must continue earning alliance points to feed the weapon or the weapon feeds on you which basically means you're gonna die you're gonna die lock real super quick imperial city is now going to be its own campaign and all of this takes place on the PTS starting April 15th. So get your taxes in, people, because on that night, you're going to need to play. There you go. Yeah. <sighs> you know, that was a really, that, was, that whole thing was really good. I loved all about it, particularly the landscape, you know, showing off elsewhere. I think that was my personal favorite. But there was something that else was that was my favorite to come out of last week. Let me take a wild guess on what it yeah, is. Yeah, buddy. It's that time. Now, I'm going to tell you right now. We're going to be spending some time here. We've already been spending some time. We're two hours in the show. Roughly two hours in the show. They'll get over it. And uh, necromancer skills and morphs. Oh, sweet Jesus. Mm-hmm. All right. I wanted to... Jesus Christ. We make a point here on, El- or on Elder Scrolls. Wow. On Lore Seekers... To for people who are really putting in time, I mean, really putting in time, their best foot forward, um, you know, starting new content to really make sure. And um, a lot of times, you know, we'll do shout outs or we'll incorporate them into the show somehow. And that's exactly what I wanted to do here. Um, this is a site that I don't think a lot of people really know is out there. And it is called LearnESO.net. And I believe this person who runs it follows us on Twitter. But uh, good site. And I really wanted to show some love. They did a really good job 
showcasing all the necromancer abilities, their passives, and their morphs. Now, that being said, look, a lot of the show has been very listy because that's kind of the way the news came about, and that's when you're wrapping up things and doing recaps, it's kind of what you get. So what we're going to do here is we're going to talk about the abilities, and then Cash is probably going to hit on the morph, all right? Kind of break this up a little bit. So, holy crap, we got some stuff on the Necromancer. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I mean, this needs to be done. Tension Breaker needs to be done. Needs to be done. Absolutely. Does. Absolutely does. I'm yeah. just excited that I'm finally getting to talk about Necromancer abilities right on Lore Seekers. It makes me so happy. All right. So, Dude, 40 days. We're like 40-some-odd days oh away from gosh. this. I, I am just like... Gosh, I've said this time and time again, but, you know, it's been a year since I've been in ESO, and I feel like I've just been waiting and wanting this class. Like, I've been, like, a whole year build-up just to this time, and I cannot freaking wait. It's going to be so good. Yeah. It's right. going to be, like, super sexy, and I can't wait. I can't My cat can't wait. He's super purry. He's super excited about it. Yeah. All right, so, Necromancer. We know that they have three skill lines, all right? First is the Grave Lord. This is your DPS line. We've got the Bone Tyrant, which is your tank line. And we have, oh, I love this name. Good mm -hmm. choice, guys. Good choice. <laughs> Living Death. That's your heal skill line. Yeah. Heal. So basically, you're going to need three character slots. Yep. I'm planning on it. <laughs> I'm already saving names. <laughs> yep. For sure. Oh. <sighs> You know the best thing about us, though? Whenever we do a name and then add the Lore Seeker or the Necromancer after it, it's almost always a given that it's available. <laughs> I know, but I'm just saying right now, nobody better take Boney McBoner, because that's... Um, that's going to be yours? Boney McBoner. And then McBoner Boney. Junior? Nobody better take any of those. That's going to be like... <laughs> As we launch it out to thousands of people. <laughs> All right, so quick note here. Uh, all this info is taken from the London playtest. So, and I do know based off of the live stream that um, they are still tweaking numbers on things, okay? So anything that we talk about here on the show, it m most likely could be changed um, and still stuff will be tweaked. So here we go. First things first, Grave Lord. This is the ultimate ability for the DPS line. We're doing the DPS line first, and it's called Frozen Colossus. Unleash a frostbitten flesh colossus to pulverize enemies in the area. The colossus smashes the ground three times, dealing frost damage with each smash. Hulk smash. Each smash applies major vulnerability to any hit for three seconds, increasing their damage taken by 30%. Dude, this is a PvP alt. Yeah, so this thing um, actually was changed from a frost dragon, I believe. This um, this one got changed too. Um, but the frozen colossus, once you morph it, you can morph into two different uh, things. The first one, the first morph is called pestilent colossus, and the new effect is that it deals disease damage, and the colossus deals more damage with each smash. Or you could morph it into glacial colossus where the new effect is the final smash stuns all enemies hit, which is definitely going to be the PvP morph to take. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I saw this uh, on stream, and man, the crowd kind of that were watching, you know, that were there at the uh, Bethesda gameplays. When that dude comes, like, just crawling out of the ground, and it's pretty sudden, you know, and just starts smashing everything, it's really cool looking. Yeah, for sure. Really cool looking. Um, and by the way, uh, with this class, they did a really good job of implementing more stam morphs with this class. That was the one thing they really talked about when it was talking about the warden, how a lot of the feedback they got with the warden or what they learned from the warden was there isn't really a whole lot of stam morphs. And so the stamina morphs with the necro deals a lot with disease. So you're going to see a lot of disease damage, etc. in in a lot of the morphs. All right. So active abilities. First up, we've got flame skull. My gosh, that artwork looks awesome. Um, it's like, um, Oh, what's his name from Marvel? Um, Hell Rider? No. Uh, I can't think of his name. Anyway, all right, so lob an explosive skull at an enemy, dealing flame damage. Every third cast of this ability deals 20% increased damage. The morphs for this one, uh, the first one's called Venom Skull, and the effect is that it converts into a stamina ability for your stamina characters, and it'll deal poison damage, casting any necromancer ability... Uh, that counts toward the third cast. The next uh, morph is called Ricochet Skull, and the new effect is that the third cast of the skull bounces to other nearby That's enemies. so freaking cool. And by the way, I meant Ghost Rider, but yeah, uh, that's... I love this already. I love it already. I want every, oh, yeah. I want every ability. I want all the necro. <sighs> oh man, this next one <laughs> is really cool. It's really cool to watch too. It's called Blast Bones. So you summon a flaming skeleton from the ground after two and a half seconds. The skeleton r- runs after the target. And it's really funny the way this thing runs. Um, and explodes when it gets close to them, uh, dealing flame damage to all enemies nearby. It creates a corpse on death. This ability is also a criminal act. So if you do this in a city, this is a criminal act ability so you are going uh, to yeah you summoned a skeleton out of the ground you're gonna get wrecked by the guards <laughs> they're gonna know that you're a necromancer so don't do this however if you do do this and when i do do this i always morph it if you're going to morph it use one of these wow blighted blast stones the new effect for your morph it converts into a stamina ability and deals disease damage reducing the healing effect on enemies when they're hit the next one is called stalking blast bones the new effect is that the skeleton deals more damage the longer it chases the target so i really like this because in pvp when people see something running at them especially when they know it's a skeleton with a bomb in it they are most definitely going to run i love that this was genius this one was genius you know how funny it's going to be to watch? It's going to be awesome. Huh. Well, I mean, for a long time in PvP, it's going to be, you know, basically all Necro versus all Necro. There's going to be Until some-, some people kind of fade off and don't like the play style and they go back to their main tunes. But for a long time, there's going to be a lot of Necro. There's going to be a whole lot of undead. A whole lot of yeah. undead. For uh, Next, we got Boneyard. Desecrate the ground at the target location. Oh, I like that already. Dealing two, uh, 2,200 frost damage over 10 seconds. An AoE dot. All right. Consume a corpse on cast. Deal 20% more damage. An ally standing in the graveyard can active activate the grave robber synergy. 
dealing frost damage to enemies in the area and healing you for the same damage done. Ooh, that's a good one. Oh, man. Yeah, that's going to be a good one. The morphs of this are called Unnerving Boneyard, which reduces the resistances of the enemies in the area. That's a really good synergistic effect to have with, uh, if you're in a group setting. Yep. Um, once you activate that, your buddies can uh, can hit harder. And then uh, the next one's called Avid Boneyard, which you can use your own synergy, basically. So you set it, and then you have the ability to reduce their resistances. Set it and forget it. Mm-hmm. Ah, skeletal mage this is again this art for this is it's a freaking grim reaper this is so cool unearth a skeletal mage from the dirt to fight by your side for 16 seconds the mage attacks the closest enemy every 2 seconds dealing sh- dealing shock damage creates a corpse on death the two morphs for this one uh, the first one's called skeletal archer which I'm in love with immediately it converts into a stamina ability and deals physical damage. The archer, the skeletal archer, deals more damage with each attack until it's unsummoned. The next one is called Exploding Mage. This is more of your Magicka. Uh, the mage, which is summoned, will deal damage around it when it completes. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, it's like a... You know what's neat what they've done with this is the, the pets. They've kind of made it a pet class... But the pets aren't going to stay around forever. They just stay around for a decent amount of time, and then they will despawn. So it's not like the warden where you can slot your bear on both bars and your bear will remain with you forever. Right. It's which uh, kind of bums me out a little bit. I really would like to have, you know, a skeleton or some type of an undead um, undead pet that's with me all the time. But unfortunately, it's not the way that they built this class. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to play the crap out of this class, but I'm just saying. It'd be cool to have. Yeah, you're going to find me with my undead buddies for the remainder of my ESO life. That's all. That's all that's going to happen. So dirty. So dirty. So the next and final one for the DPS line is Shocking Siphon. Now, they don't have the Morse listed here, but what we do have is Violently Drain the Last Spark of Life from a Corpse. Dealing shock damage over 12 seconds between you and the corpse. Hmm. Kind of makes me wish I could know more about that one. Yeah, no kidding. And actually what happened here with uh, with Learn ESO's website, he wasn't able to uh, skip. He had to skip over the morphs of this one, so we'll cover it in, in the future. Cool. Then they've got a bunch of passive abilities. I'm going to pass over those, and we're going to keep moving on to the bone tyrant now this is your tanking tree and uh you want to take lead on this and i'll take the morphs yeah absolutely so the first skill for this is um basically the ultimate is the one that a lot of people have been waiting for but this is the bone goliath transformation you will basically spawn you become a horrific bone goliath increasing your max health by thirty thousand. For 20 seconds and immediately bring 30,000 health while transformed. Your light attacks restore 2,640 health and your fully charged heavy attacks restore 5,280 health. Basically what happens, it costs 300 ultimate. Basically what happens for 20 seconds, it's God mode. Yeah. That's what it looks like to me. And then you can morph it. Yeah, man. You can morph it with Pummeling Goliath. 
Uh, the new effect is you gain an AoE bash attack. And then you've got Ravenous Goliath, which is uh, gain an aura that drains nearby enemies of their health. Man, this is a raid alt right here. Oh, for sure. For sure. There are going to be tons of Necro tanks because this, I mean, this one, you get into trouble and you drop your alt on this one. It's going to be significant. Oh, yeah, for sure. There's some active abilities. Uh, the first one is called Death Scythe. Slice into <laughs> your enemy's life force, dealing magic <gasps> damage. Healing for 25% of your ma- maximum health for the first enemy that you hit. An additional 3% of your maximum health for each additional enemy hit. Up to 5 additional enemies. So that's 40% oh of your maximum health healed um, with with the hit of one Death Scythe. Wow. It's... Dude, it's a freaking sigh. We are the Grim Reapers. This brings me back to the MOBA uh, uh, smite that we covered a long time ago. Uh, Thanatos on there. It's freaking Grim Reaper, man. I love it. All right, so Morph, we got uh, Ruinous Scythe. Uh, converts to a stamina ability and prevents healing done to your target. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Swift Scythe, you've got uh, gain a heal over time. That's... That's a really that's a really good ability. Gonna make you super tanky. Oh sure. man, for sure. Bone yeah, it armor. Does cost a, it costs a lot of magic though. That's almost three thousand magic that 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 costs. Oh yeah, yeah. I, like I guess you could. Too. Yeah, the next one is called bone armor. Wrap yourself in hardened bone, granting you major resolve and major ward, increasing your physical resistance and spell resistance by fifty two eighty for eighteen seconds. Creates a corpse when the effect completes. Now, when we say that it creates a corpse, we're saying that for a reason. Uh-huh. So we'll get to it. <laughs> we'll get to it as we cover this. Uh-huh. Uh, the first morph is beckoning armor. Uh, the new effect pulls in ranged enemies. Oh, yes, please, man. Yep. This is yep. this is really chalking up to be a sweet PvP class. Um, then you've got benef- beneficent armor. Uh, new effect is reduces the cost of your necromancer summon abilities. The next skill is called Curing Cadaver. Sap the lingering life from fresh corpses, healing you for almost 3,000 health and an additional 75% health per additional corpse. That's gnarly. Um, first morph is Mortuary Mending. Effect is you gain major protection. Next is Curative Boon, which gain ultimate per corpse. Hmm. Seems like a lot of these were really making this uh, the class to be super, super tanky, which obviously it's the tanking line, but um, it definitely helps you with uh, health recovery and such. Man, The next one is called... Go ahead. No, I'm I'm sorry. I was going to say, you know, I can already see people making builds just to... um, Especially with sets that complement that alt, you know, just con- the whole point is just to build that alt as fast as possible, right? Like us, yeah, yeah, pretty much <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The next one is called uh, Bone Totem. Place a totem of bone uh, at your feet that gives minor protection to you and your allies for eight seconds, reducing your damage taken by eight percent. After two seconds, the totem instills fear into enemies. Holding them in place for four seconds. Oh my god, that's a PvP skill. Mm-hmm. Totally. First, uh, first morph is remote totem. 
New effect is the totem can be summoned up to 28 meters away. Holy crap. Next, you've got Agony Totem. Allies can activate a synergy to damage and apply minor vulnerability. Oh my gosh. Vulnerability to enemies. I like this. And um, so you just kind of echo on some of the people in chat. Yeah, you actually get to summon a bone. Mm. Which is the reason that I now have a daughter. Anyway, Grave Grasp <laughs> is the next skill. Summon three patches of skeletal claws from the ground in front of you, snaring your enemies by 50% for five seconds and inflicting minor maim for five seconds, reducing their damage done by 15%. Mm. I like that. Empowering Grasp is the first morph. The new effect is you can in- enhance, I think is what you meant, or empower allies. Uh, then you've got Clutching Grasp, which ability now also immobilizes enemies. Boom! That's PvP right PvP, there. for sure. Anything that immobilizes and pisses people off, that's what they should say, is new effect. Piss off people. <laughs> that's all it should say. And you're like, that, that's the one for me. <laughs> oh, man. The so. passive abilities. Obviously, there's five passive there's abilities few, yeah. in this one. There, there's a few of them. We're not going to cover them all because um, they're awesome. They are awesome. And we'll have, again, this, all this linked at LoreSeekersPodcast.com. You can read all this of this is the one. This is the one I've been waiting for. Oh, yeah. All right. So you take the morphs on this, all right? Yep. I think this is hands down probably a game changer in ESO as a whole. Maybe I'm talking a little too much on it, but I feel like this is going to change PVE. I feel like this is going to change PVP. You're absolutely 100% right, and I may go healer first. I'm just throwing it out there. Don't get mad, Jibs. I may go healer first. I'm incredibly salty right now. Same. So, ultimate is called living... No, it's not. It's called reanimate. (laughs) This is the ult for living death. The healer. kind of living. Yeah, Uh, it's called reanimate. Bring your allies back from the dead, resurrecting up to three allies at the target location. It's a AOE mass res. I don't know if you guys all caught that. Oh. But you get to let three of your people who are dead live. This is huge, yeah. man. This is huge in so many ways in one. This is a game changer if... You know, from my experience in Battlegrounds, this is this could be the game changer whether you win or lose, whether you hold that um, that flag or not. You know, or whether you take down that trial boss. And this is the one yeah. that was joked about during one of the live streams with Zoss, where they said that there are people who are testing this out who are strategically dying. That is correct. Strategically, strategically dying. dying. So, like, if you're going to die, they'll run to a position to where they're within this AOE to where they can be resurrected by living death Oh, or yeah. by reanimate. I think it's the best way to do it. Yeah. So now you, so now when you die, you're constantly, now you got to think, okay, I need to die in a good spot so my healer can res me correctly. Right. And, and, and we, we know, I mean, we've talked about this before. I really enjoy healing in this game. It's not what I normally choose, but I enjoy healing in this game. Everything about living death, and we still have more to cover, but everything about living death absolutely goes down the path of what Cash loves. Death and dying. (laughs) (laughs) And reanimation. 
of corpses. Yeah. This is, oh my God, I sound so yeah. freaking gross by saying that. But yeah, it's the truth. It's, you know, I'm, I accept it. I know what I'm getting into with this show. Keep going. I want to learn more, Jibs. Well, tell us about the morphs. So the morphs <laughs> are renewing animation. You restore 5,300 Magicka, which is significant, and stamina for each ally you resurrect. Therefore, friends, if you have the three people, the three corpses that you can reanimate. Yeah. So what is that? 15, 15, nine? Yeah. 15,900 magic and stamina. Because math is really hard. It's pretty freaking hard. That's your resurrect. That's pretty freaking cool. You restore magic and stamina for each ally. Oh, the next man, one is good. animate blast bones. In this one, you consume, uh, you consume other corpses in the area and summon blast bones. I like it. Does it say what blast bones are? Blast bones, uh, the like the ability. Oh, the ability. Okay, there you go. So Clearly, you, I have to play this class. Mm, I really want to heal. I I think making a healer for PvP for the first time ever. I've never done that. Just specifically for PvP. I think it's definitely happening for sure. Um, all right, so first ability we got is Render Flesh. Oh, man. Sac- good name. Good. I'm totally fanboying over this. I don't even care, folks. This is good shit. This is good earmuffs, kids. Shit. All right. Yeah. So sacrifice your own power to repair damaged flesh, healing you or an ally in front of you for 1,200 health, but applying minor defile to yourself for four seconds. Reducing your healing received and health recovery by 15%. The morphs in this are called Resistant Flesh. Uh, The new effect in that is that you grant resistances to the target equal to half the amount healed. The next one is Bereft Flesh, where the new effect is that you consume a corpse to heal a second target. So it's kind of like, with this ability, it's kind of like a trade-off. So you're going to heal them, but it's going to hurt you. Exactly. Next, we've got Expunge. Embrace the power of death. (laughs) Removing up to three negative effects from yourself and restoring 3,000 Magicka or Stamina over five seconds, whichever maximum is higher. So this is going to be your sustain. Yep. This is where you get a lot of of your sustain, along with some of the other trees. Um, this, This is the actual ability in the tree that helps you with your magic of recovery. Um, the first morph is called expunge and vivify where you restore a smaller amount of the opposite resource. So if you're restoring magica because your magica is lower, you're going to restore a small amount of your um, stamina as well. Mm. Expunge and modify. The new effect is that you restore more resources for each negative effect Remove. So if you have three debuffs on you and you remove all three of those negative effects, you're going to restore more resources because of um, because of the amount of debuffs that you removed. Yeah, for each negative effect you remove, yeah. Exactly. Oh, man. Life amid death. Release residual fragments of fallen souls at the target location, healing you and your allies for 821 health. Consumes a corpse cast to continue to heal you and your allies in the area for 795 health over five seconds. So it's a dot heal, or it's a hot, I'm sorry, health over, heal over time. Yeah, basically. Uh, The first morph is called Renewing Undeath, and the effect is that it consumes a corpse and removes negative effects. 
The second one is Enduring Undeath, where the uh, new effect is that it can consume multiple corpses to increase the duration of the heal over time. That's what I thought, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, we got Spirit Mender. Conjure a ghostly spirit to do your bidding and stay by your side for 16 seconds. The spirit heals you or the lowest health ally around you every two seconds, restoring 245 health. Okay, so let me read it. The spirit heals you or the lowest health ally around you every two seconds, restoring 245. So every two seconds, you get 245 health. I feel like that's I mean, wrong. It's low. I feel like I that's it's wrong. A, it's That's really low. Yeah, and same with the so ability. It's going to take you 10 seconds to restore 1,000 health. No, I feel like those, no, those numbers are getting tweaked right there. There's no way. Uh, that 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 might be poop, dude. It's either that's if that's legit, then that's that's an awful skill. <laughs> that's not good. I feel like that that's something's gonna get tweaked. Let me check again, just real quick. Okay. Well, and I, yeah, go cover the cover the uh, morphs real. Yeah, quick. I got gotcha. you. So while active, ten percent of the damage you take is transferred to the spirit instead. Some of the damage you take. Oh, yeah, it's transferred to the spirit. All right, so is that. And that was for spirit ward. So next we've got intensive mender. This new effect, the spirit heals for three times the amount. The last half as long. Okay, so you're healing for, what, well over 750, closer to 800 a tick at that point? Yeah, yeah. I think it. no matter what, they're taking that, right? Sounds like it. Are you seeing see anything here. different? I am checking right here because I, I really want to know if that's like if that's the full. Okay. So, All right. Yeah. Well, you let me know on that. We can come yeah. back to it. Yeah. Keep going. All right. So we've got restoring tether. Now this is a big one. I remember seeing this on stream. Siphon the last remnants of life from a corpse, healing for two thousand eight hundred eighty health over twelve seconds to you and all allies between you and the corpse. The uh, for the morph, we've got braided tether. The new effect increases the healing done based on each ally between you and the corpse. Yes, sir. That's good stuff. And then we've got adjacent tether. New effect here is increase the healing done based on how close you are to the corpse. Tether came into play on the stream, and I think he was. They were in a delve, and they threw that down. And uh, this skill, originally in its original state, was not in a very good place, particularly because of the tether. And because I, I think you used to, like, the tether had to come in contact with the player, and it was really tedious and difficult to make sure and be efficient with it. But they changed it, and so that first effect, the increases the healing done based on each ally between you and the corpse. Right. I think that's really going to bring in the aspect and idea with the necromancer of positioning. And that's really what this class is about is positioning exactly. and playing and casting smart. Cast smart. I think is what this oh, class is going to show. I can't wait to learn. Did you find anything? Yeah, I double check. Spirit Mender, that, that's not a typo. That is legit. So every two seconds, you conjure a ghost that every two seconds restores 245 health. So just consider that a very slow um, heal over time. Mm. A 245 tick for 16 seconds doesn't seem like very much. Oh, no, it doesn't. 
That seems kind of like a poopy skill. A little bit. I, I, I still think it's going to get tweaked. I think it's going to be upped. I think it's going to be up. But anyway, that's I'll it for the Necro, man. I can't... I, gosh, it's so yeah. good. Now, we didn't cover the passives. So just, I mean, keep in mind for, uh, for the auspices of the show, we're trying to keep it kind of short and not, you know, like put everybody to sleep. But um, there are passive abilities with each one of the skill lines that you can take a look at, um, you know, as we get as we get further. We may even cover them as we get further toward the launch. But um, overall, I mean, I, you guys, we don't even have to explain it to the to our listeners. We are incredible fans of the Necro, the way that they've done it. I think that they've incredibly done it justice, and based off of the feedback that we're getting from people out in you know the world that have gotten to play at PAX East and then the content creators that actually got to go to Maryland and play everybody is saying that this class is kick ass mm-hmm. so I mean I I was super stoked for the warden but I am, I'm not this class you know, anywhere near that. This this class is blowing that away. You, you know it's what, like, dude? Whoa! Like from from me knowing you, this class literally is you, the embodiment yeah, of you right. and everything you're into. I mean, you've got freaking gravestones on the door behind you, <laughs> twisted, <laughs> dude. Like it's just this is so you, so you. So anyway. I can't wait to play it. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to talk more about it next episode. We've kept them here long enough. Everybody, we can't thank you enough just for listening, being a part of this community, and, and just supporting us every week. Thank you all so much for hanging out, this, hanging out with us this week on Lore Seekers. And if you enjoyed the show, we hope you did, head on over to iTunes, give us a review for every five-star review that we get. We give you some love and shout-out on the show. And the uh, the first one we got here is uh, Bjark Frostmane from USA. He says, I just want to let you guys know how much I enjoy this podcast. You do amazing work. I love the lore lessons, and you guys always make me laugh. Hopefully my Nord DK never meets Cash's Altmer, because then I would have to try and kill him because, well, he's an Altmer. LOL. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Keep up the good work. It always makes me happy when I get the notification that there is a new episode. Best regards, your fellow adventurer, uh, Bjark uh, Frostman. Next, we got Jordan Skyborn from USA. It says, after the first episode, I was immediately hooked. The visual you guys create, the visuals you guys create, speak volumes to the time, dedication, and effort you obviously put into creating this. Thank you very much. Thank you. That's cool. The next one, Booming 2020 from the USA. I've been binging Lore Seekers for about a month now, and I'm finally all caught up. It's a little bittersweet now because I will only get one new episode a week, but that's okay. All this being said, this podcast is fan-freaking-tastic. Jibs and Cash are genuinely kind and awesome dudes that will do their absolute best to help out anyone that needs help with anything in this game. True that. I have learned so much from all the lore lessons, and I'm eager to listen to all of them again, just in case. I've missed something. Everything about this show (laughs) is incredible, and I wish I could give you more than five stars. Thank you guys so much for creating this amazing community. 
Love you guys, Rad Dad 20. There Thank you, you Rad Dad. He's awesome. one of our members. That is pretty kick-ass. That is awesome. Thank you all very much for your reviews. We greatly appreciate it. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, well, you can always call us, 765-382-6961. Leave us your voicemails. If you want to uh, have the opportunity for them to be put on the show, try to keep them around a minute or less. Uh, you can also email us, lorestickerspodcast at gmail.com. And you can join the official Lore Seekers Guild. That's loreseekerspodcast.com forward slash guild. You know, I remember when we first started the show and people coming in to the guild was was it was quite a lot. And the past couple of weeks, it's like it's yeah. doubled that. <laughs> it's it's been uh, it's been really neat. And and I, I do want to want to throw this out there. We have all skill levels in. Lore Seekers. We have people who are brand new to the game that are joining because maybe they've heard the show, maybe we've grouped with them and they like what they see and they want to join. Then we have, you know, middle of the road players who are learning the game, getting better at it. And then we have absolute 100% veteran players that are teaching Jibs and I a lot of things about this game. So we have all level of skill, all level of events that are taking place within our guild on every uh, platform. We're still lacking EU. We're just waiting for the presence and a leader to join the lore seekers and take, you know, just run with the flag for our EU guilds. Um, but I just want to say that we have all levels of skills. If you're brand new, if you're a veteran, we have something for you in lore seekers, especially for the newer players. We will be having some things coming up in the very near future very cool. that are going to be. Um, of much interest to you if you're learning this game. Very cool. So keep your eye or keep your ears peeled because things are going to be happening. But just know we have all levels in Lore Seekers and everybody gets fulfilled with the things that we do. Agreed. You can find this podcast wherever they're free, wherever they're available. Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, whatever you're using, Castbox, Player FM, all the things. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, myself at JibsIRL, Cash at LoreSeekerCash with a K, and most importantly, the podcast at LoreSeekersCast. If you are interested in joining our guild like we were just talking about, just go to our website, LoreSeekersPodcast.com forward slash guild. Follow the instructions there and you will be directed directly to our Discord site where you can uh, fill out a short little application. We call it a douchebag filter. Douchebag. And as long as you pass that, then we're good to go and you can join us and uh, start playing with us immediately there you go fantastic thank you all stay safe have a great week it was a long episode you you guys hung out the whole time well you're just freaking awesome you deserve yeah, actually, I'm very proud of that piece of gold hung out. <laughs> well everyone have a good week stay safe stay awesome and we'll see you next week on Lore Seekers take care safe travels friends Dilly.